but here we go. Good evening, everybody. I just thought I'd give you a bit of crowd noise there to get you into the feel of the show. It's Andrew Davis from Toon Talk Radio. Good evening to all my Newcastle fans, Sunderland fans, Mildred fans, Hartlepool fans, Gator fans, everybody in the northeast area, Hartlepool as well, Darlington, Carlisle, the list goes on and on and on. So, with Newcastle United, we're going to start the show, obviously, with what's been going on with our club. There's so many aspects of what actually happens with Newcastle that have been happening the last, well, for years and years and years with Mike Ashley, with Rafa Benitez, firmly ensconced in the hot seat. There's so many things to go over. I, I thought I'd better get one of the best uh, uh, reporters I've got in the North East who's been on our show numerous times before, and that's Damien Spell- Spellman of the Press Association, our own North East sports reporter. Good evening to you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for those kind words. <laughs> no, always, always. Whenever I get on the show, I'm always nice because, let's be honest, they are the best that come on the show. Um, <laughs> when it comes to, obviously, there's so many aspects of what's happened the last couple of the last couple of months, in essence, in Newcastle. But I'm, I'm going to ask you this before we get into the nitty gritty of everything. But when it when it comes to Rafa Benitez, what's been your take on it since he came in and how he's more or less got the Newcastle United fan base on his shoulders, forget about Mash Ashley for now, but he essentially has taken uh, everything that's involved with Newcastle onto his shoulders, and we are where we are now, but what's, what's, what's been your relationship, what, how, how have you found it since he's, since he's come on board? Well, it's been great for us, because I mean, obviously Rafa's a, a huge international figure with a, a fantastic profile and CV. Uh, and it's it's great for us, you know. When when we read about write about Rafa, people want to read it. News editors want to put it on their on their pages. So it's it's been great for us. And you know, you're right. He has harnessed the the fans just as as Kevin Keegan and Bobby Robson did beforehand. And that's that's a major thing in Newcastle. If you get the fans on side, you know that's 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 half the battle. And uh, you know, just the noise in the stadium yesterday. It's a long time since it's it sounded like that. I thought it was uh, 
it was fantastic and he's you know he has the track record and the expertise to to deliver if he's if he's given the tools and uh, i suppose that's the big question but you know it was a it was a, it was a surprise appointment but uh, he certainly did the trick last season and uh, i think people have a lot of a lot of faith in him uh, and uh, you know hopefully he can uh, he can deliver again yeah, I think um, obviously when he came in, everybody was surprised anyway. But we have one, we have one year in the championship, and it's a horses for courses. But he, he still manages to bring in big time players uh, to help shape the team, um, and essentially get us ready for the big tilt. At, at, with obviously one of the best leagues in the world. Um, I think when he when he came in. I don't think anybody expected him to to gel well with um, you know with Mike Ashley, who he he is he does exactly what it says in the tin. And for my mind, you know, um, I think when he first came in, it was very much, oh yeah, I'm taking over, but I I don't want to speak, which you know, <laughs> when I when I heard that one, but when when it comes to Ratha and when it comes to uh, what he actually embodies in the northeast, especially what he did at Liverpool. Um, What's your take on all this, the, the, the transfers in and out? Because it's, every time I hear Mike Ashley talk and he goes on, he makes statements, he, he's telling us um, that Mike, that Rafa Benitez has, is in charge of transfers, full stop. And he said it to the camera dead on, didn't he? He said, listen, nothing to do with me. He, you know, it's Lee Charnley. He tells Lee Charnley who he wants. But... You know, it's disingenuous most of the time when he, he you know, he talks from one from one side of his mouth and the other side seems to catch up or tries to. Um, but it, it, it's definitely a unique relationship the two of them have got, uh, which seems that not to be a relationship. What do you think about it? Um, well, I think that there, there are several points there. I mean, I think Ashley is. A, you know, took a, a significant step back a while ago, and and left Lee Charnley to to run the club. Uh, in that respect, and now now we know for a fact he's taken a closer step in in recent times over over the money and and the way it was being spent. But to be honest, when you when you say Rafa's in charge of transfers, yeah, absolutely. He he makes, as far as I understand it, he makes the decision over which players they go for and which players they sign. But that doesn't mean he does the deals. He's not the one sitting there thrashing out the the uh, the, the the pounds and the pence at the end of the day. Um, that's that's down to Lee Charnley, and if he can't get the deals done, that the player doesn't come, or if he can't get it done at the price the club's prepared to do it, I think that's that's the issue. And I think Rafa said this last last year when they were going for Matt Ritchie, and the price was a couple of million pounds more than the club was prepared to pay. And Rafa managed to persuade him to pay the the extra couple of million to to get the deal done. Um, which is what what they had to do at the time, um, but I think the goalposts have shift, shifted significantly this summer with the you know the, the, all the extra cash coming in from the broadcast deal, and it's it's proving more difficult. So yes, while why the club while the club will not sign a player who Rafa doesn't want or or who Rafa hasn't had the last say over, that doesn't necessarily mean they'll get the players uh, he. He wants, which, which in fact, of course, they haven't done this season. He's missed out on several that he wanted because they couldn't do the deal. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Isn't it? I think that the Tamari Abram one is. I, I have it on good authority. He was going to come, but 
uh, yet agreed to come. But it, you know, it, every time you hear there's a problem, it's either a they don't want to pay them to pay the wages because that's probably the bone of contention, isn't it? It's if they don't want to pay, if they want to go halfsies like with Chelsea, um, you know, seemed to have a good relationship with Chelsea um, when he was there. Obviously, he won a trophy with them, so he knows he knows who to speak to. Uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to getting somebody, so for, to, for him to get, um, you know, to, to to get you know Abraham to come because he scored a great goal when he was here, and that should have given him an insight. But the only reason it comes down to the fact that he's got this Swansea, he's a young lad. They're obviously they're greedy. The players are def- always greedy anyway when it comes to getting to getting deals. But um, if it's always going to fall down over wages, and you look at the sign he's made this season, even though um, one of them has been kicked out of the game by Harry Kane, um, he was looking quite good. And, and the thing is, he's, not, he's, always going to, he's always going to buy quality. If he has to do it on a budget, then, then he'll, he'll do it. But if he's going to be stopped at every single turn by, um, by Charnley, well, it's not Charnley, it's going to be Mike Ashley, essentially, even though he doesn't want to deal with it. But I, when you see the, the thing, the documentary what he came out with last night, uh, did did you watch that? Did you, what did you think did, of yes. that? Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't think we learned an awful lot that we didn't know. Um, I think the thing about I'm not putting any more money into the club, we've known that for the mm. best part of eight or nine years because basically he said quite early on that the club would have to be self-financing and that's why you know the likes of Kabai and... Um, Debussy and people like that were brought in for low fees and sold on at high fees. That that was always the business model. Now, you know, the lack of success in in some of the later transfer deals. You know, Sissoko was another one which ultimately worked out against all the odds. You know, the, the astonishing fee for Sissoko. Um, so that that cash and the extra money from the broadcasting deal has has helped to to finance the club, which is why it's been in in profit for the bulk of the last few uh, the last 10 years um just to go back on the on the transfer on the Tammy Abraham mm. one that's a, that's an interesting one i think wages were an issue to an extent but i know this has been reported and some people have have dismissed it but i've been told that chelsea were not happy to have Abraham come to Newcastle even though he wanted to come because they didn't want him mm. living in Newcastle. And, I, and I've had that from two different people on, on very good authority that yeah. that was a major factor in him ending up at, at Swansea, that they didn't want him out on the quayside, um, you know, enjoying himself. Um, when he, when he, uh, they'd rather have had him, you know, either in Swansea or back at home on the weekends where his family were. Um, so read into that what you will, but yeah, I mean on on the Mike Ashley interview, um, yeah, I, I, you know I, I thought taking a step back from you know I know Newcastle fans are pretty much divided on Mike Ashley and it's it's a lot on one side and not so many on the other, but um, if you take a try to take a dispassionate step back. Um, I thought the interesting stuff was the admissions that you know what he got wrong, the naming rights, which. You know, everyone told him at the time, but it took him a while to realise that the way he treated Kevin Kay and Chris mm. Chris Hewton in particular, I thought that you know it was that admission was was very telling because I did dispense with him very summarily considering what he'd done, uh, and Alan Shearer and Sam Allardyce. I, I, I mean, I, I thought he was fairly candid over that. I, I don't think it'll it'll cut him any slack anywhere. 
um, because I, I, I think people people have made their minds up on on Mike Ashley. Um, but I think again the the most telling thing was, yeah, he'd be happy to sell the club, but there's nobody out there buying the club. You know, there's, there's nobody come in with I don't know what would he want two hundred fifty three hundred million for it. You, you don't see people queuing up to. To, to do that, you don't see people queuing up to buy English clubs full stop at the moment, or not, not of the the stature of, of perhaps of Newcastle. You know, it's it's perhaps easier to buy a Championship club yeah. and make it a Premier League club for quite quite a little, a, a relatively small amount of money. It'd be far easier to do that than to turn Newcastle into the club everyone thinks it should be, and you know, back in the in the top six. Um, and I think that's that's the difficulty, unfortunately. The, the thing I took from it is that he's clearly he said, didn't he? He's desperate not to go, you know, to go back to the championship where obviously yeah, there's yeah. zero money in it. Let's be honest, with you. They, yeah, yeah. they they get money, but but to me, when you when you think about it, when you when a team goes down anyway, you get a parachute payment, and that's mm-hmm. still quite substantial. It's not like a like a couple of million it's around i think it's like 50 million it does there's, there's it's quite a lot of money it's it's quite a you know the first kick is quite good and obviously it goes down over time but uh, it's quite a lot of money so even though he, he, he's you know trying he's i think the difference damien is trying to be candid the guy yeah. has only got one switch there's no other switch this is but the thing was he loses credibility by having somebody that essentially, you know, food pushes the question. There's, if you had somebody in there, I'll give one instance, um, Craig Hope. Mm-hmm. Craig, Craig Hope, possibly, uh, I wouldn't say the Chronicle, but, uh, or um, somebody, somebody of, uh, like, a, like, I'm not saying like Craig's was a big statue, but somebody with a bit more uh, guile, Henry Winter, perhaps, possibly, um, Somebody a bit more stature, to, or even Dan Rowan. God, imagine Dan Rowan with Mike Ashley. That would be fun, wouldn't it? But um, somebody, you, you've got to be able to get him to, like he went to the Commons, didn't he? The Commons Select Committee. And he came out with lots of stuff there. Now, Mike Ashley, it would be very easy to peel that onion. Very, very easy. And yes, he was candid with a number of things. said about Kevin Keegan, um, Chris Houghton, Houghton and... Um, and Sam Allardyce and then finally um, Kevin Keegan and Alan Shearer this is the thing isn't it it's, it's the onion it's the onion he's, there's that many people that have come and gone in the 10 years that he's been there he definitely has not got a button uh, where you can finally think oh he, he, he gets it he never really gets it and that, that's the problem isn't it when a guy who makes such a lot of money there must be somewhere along the line. There's got to be a realization of what he what he's dealing with in Newcastle. Well, I think the the, the thing is, Mike Ashley. Not I've, I don't know the man. I've never met yeah. him. Never spoken to him. He does things his own way, and he's done it very very successfully in a business sense. That's that's why he's a multi billionaire. And I suppose Newcastle is quite a small part of his empire in in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. And he he's not hands on uh, to any great extent nowadays, um, and and has other people 
largely running the club for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, on, on, in terms of the interview, I, 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 get, I take your point and I understand what a lot of people, you know, the criticism a lot of people have made of it, but would would Mike Ashley have sat down and done a warts and all interview with with any of the people you've mentioned or any any national newspaper? I don't think he would have done. Um, and, you know, obviously Sky pay all Premier League clubs an awful lot of money and Premier League clubs get an awful lot of coverage from Sky. So, I suppose, yeah, they have, you know, I suppose there's a, a cosier relationship there than there would be with, with anyone else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, w- it would be great if, if Mike Ashley had come and sit in, in front of a press conference and, and let us all speak to him. Um, I mean, it would be very interesting, but I don't think he's the kind of character who would would do that. I think you you talked about the the, the select committee. He only did that because he was he was made to. <laughs> um, Forced to, but it was it was enlightening to watch it, wasn't it? Because he had to. It's it's like um, you watch him. You think, well, okay, it's not in his nature to hold back. Like he, no. he he wants to give it the verbals. He wants to give it, and that to me, one respect I had, I like that because I want to be able to see somebody that wants to come out and say, "Listen, I've got this question, I've got this answer for you, I've got this answer for you," which is to me it's fair dues. But you shouldn't be buying a club of the of the stature of Newcastle because even yesterday he said it's Newcastle United. It's not. It's not a big club. That that's the thing you see yeah. when he says that. He doesn't get it, and yeah, uh, I, I understand where you're coming from on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, su- I suppose what he's getting at is that it, you know, it doesn't have the global brand that a Man United or a or a Barcelona or a Real Madrid might. Um, and yeah, I, I, I sort of, I sort of accept that, but it has, it has in the past. You know, generated a, an awful lot of income from from elsewhere, and and as and was I'm not sure whether it still is to be perfectly honest, but it was always above, you know, among the 20 biggest clubs in in Europe in terms of earning potential and and what have you, and that that has dwindled. Um, so so yeah yeah that makes, it, 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 it's a difficult one. It, mm. it is a difficult one, but yeah, I, 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 I do accept the, the point you're making. It did, it did sound as, as if that was what he was saying, but I'm not, I'm not sure that's what he meant to say. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the only good thing about it. He was, he's caught, he's, he's kind of caught in the headlights a little bit, isn't he? But I'd rather he's caught in the headlights, and that was an, a narrow conversation to to really get it, to really, you know, make sure you you understand what what Newcastle fans the questions we want answered because mm-hmm. you know the, the, the last the last sale of the club people say there's nobody out there well there was a bid for 325 million Damien <laughs> less than a year and a half ago in Newcastle in a meeting and he wanted 400 million now to me he's put in what tune in 21 if you think so he wants his money back that's quite clear um but to me, 325 million, and the, the meeting lasted less than 50 minutes because he, he wouldn't back down from the price. So I think him saying there isn't buyers out there, you know, there's a reason why he wanted to be linked with um, chi- Chinese market, especially. 
um, you know, it came through on Sky Sports, you know, this this growing news that we could be getting taken over by a, a multi-billionaire, like 50 times over. So that obviously got people excited about there could be change at Newcastle. So, you know, it, yeah, that's the thing. It, it takes up too much of my time, Mr. <laughs> Ashley, when it comes to talking about Newcastle, and we should be talking about, about the football. But, um, you know, we, we can talk about Newcastle, about Mike Ashley all night. But when it comes to the team itself, what what I, obviously Rafa's been trying to do, and I think I think blocked a lot of the time anyway, when it comes to signings, um, the signings he's brought in look quite canny, don't they? Even though one of them got kicked out of the game by Harry Kane, but what did you think of them? Because they did, they you know, we'll get to Shelby in a minute, but I, I just thought we were too defensive yesterday that we were set up too defensively when we had beaten we had beaten Tottenham 5-1 when you saw the team and, and this, the way that we started to play what was your thoughts on it? Um, I thought it was the team he would pick um, I was, as you say I was quite impressed with Lejeune I thought Atsu was probably the, the pick of them actually I thought he was the, the only one who really created anything going forward I thought Marino did well when he came on um, but I, I think They'd, they'd set out to play that way. They looked very compact. They got back in, certainly in, in two banks of four, uh, when Tottenham were in possession and allowed Tottenham possession and, and tried to hit them on the break. Um, I just don't think he felt he had the the personnel to go out and have a go at Tottenham. And actually, I think he, it worked to an extent until until Shelby's moment of madness. You know, for all Tottenham had a lot of the ball. They, they weren't creating a great deal. Now, that doesn't mean to say that Newcastle were going to go on to win the game, but mm. I thought they looked like they could certainly get something out of it. Um, in, in the longer term, does he need to add to that squad for me? Yeah, absolutely. He needs, he needs a proven goal scorer in there. Um, I think he needs a bit more pace. Um, I think he probably needs defensive reinforcement. But for 49 minutes... They looked okay, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't forget, you, 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 you say, yeah, I mean, the beat Tottenham 5-1 last time. For me, in all honesty, I thought that was a bit of a freak result. You know, the, the league had gone for Tottenham. Perhaps they were on the beach a little bit. It was a cracker's day, great atmosphere in the stadium. You know, even Mitrovic getting himself sent off didn't really mm-hmm. affect it. Um, I just I just thought realistically a, a point would have been a decent result uh, this time out. Um, but you know the the, the, the the two injuries in the in the sending off a real sort of really sort of soured the day um, for dif- for different reasons. And that's you know you look at the, the next couple of weeks and you think that's you know that's taken the edge off a little bit. Yeah, I think with Huddersfield next up, uh, obviously, you, um, talking about the tackle, a lot of people are saying, like I watched, the, you, you watched the pundits yesterday, and they were they were trying to say again because they they try and link any any tackle with the fact, oh, he's that he's not that type of person. Now, I I thought yesterday uh, Tottenham were dirty all game. Um, they left their foot. You know, they're trying to send a message. Clearly, that the 5-1 result uh, wasn't the best. Uh, but I, I go back to, this, to the, the start of the transfer window. 
if Rafa had got the players in that he so clearly wanted, he wants to have a go at teams. I thought in the what is it, like in the championship, like you watch it, but it was very mundane, wasn't it? Really to to watch as a as a supporter. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, they they did what they had to do last season, mm. but it wasn't great to watch at times. Mm. Um, but they did what they had to do, and I think the, the thing is for me in the championship, if you've got a bit of pace and you've got a goal scorer, you've got a good chance of getting out of it. And you know where where. You know, the last time they were down, they had Andy Carroll and when Routledge came in. Uh, this time, you know, Richie and, and Dwight Gale, um, and to an extent, mm. you know, gave them that edge, and it, it was enough to get them up. But I think you need more in the Premier League, uh, and significantly more. Um, now, you know, we, we've heard some of the players Rafa was apparently targeting. I'm sure there are a few mm. more that we don't know about that... Yeah that haven't come to fruition. Uh, I'm sure he would. Yeah, I mean, I don't, don't think there's any doubt that he bought a team to get up from the championship and some of those players who came in were never never designed to be here for the Premier League. Mm. Um, and he, he expected wholesale change again. Um, now, there's, there's still a significant way to go and, and not much time in which to do that. Um, but I think... He, he, he has to bring. I mean, he has to bring bodies in, if nothing else. But he has, to, you know, he has to improve the squad. His, his issue is, to an extent, that he's got now four or five players on pretty decent wages, who Premier League clubs don't want, and Championship clubs can't afford, um, and that's his issue. That he's he's got several players on, I don't know, thirty-five, forty, forty-five thousand pounds a week, who aren't really going to play a part this season. Um, and until he offloads some of those, I think he might have a problem persuading the club to uh, to bring in others. Yeah, it, it, it comes across to me that um, the the kind of this, the noises I'm hearing is that they were laughing at some of the some of the players that he brought in. Um, I haven't heard. Obviously, we know the back. There's a guy in the background who's got my guess ear. I can't, remember, I can't remember his name, but, but you know, by all accounts, he's not involved in Newcastle, but he is, and he's supposed right. to be. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but there's some guy that yeah. increasingly involved. And I think the one thing that interested me yesterday, before everybody watched the the Mike Ashley chat, um, that they allegedly they he didn't even talk to um, Ralph Benitez after the game, which which I thought was, you know. He, it's, there's definitely something going on between them because I think if you if anybody lies to Rafa Benitez because that's what it's, essentially a lot of this back and forth between owner and manager and feeling betrayed um, if you're if you're not if you're going against your word of what you what he tells you um, it, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a dance isn't it all season unfortunately isn't it. Mm, well, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm not sure there is particularly a working relationship between the mm. between the two of them, be, yeah. because you know that Mike Ashley is is largely hands off. I mean, mm. yeah, obviously, ultimately he he has the the, the last say, so I would imagine. But um, to what extent he is he is governing that, and and with his, as you say, his sports director overseer in there. Um, 
we don't know. I mean, obviously there is there is a, a significant influence there, and I think you've got to remember that, that also that Rafa is the arch politician. You know, it's it's what he does. He he gets his point across, and he knows exactly what he's saying, and and everything he's saying is is for a purpose. Um, but the the top and bottom of it is that it something has to happen in the next fortnight otherwise it's going to be mm. a long old season and a long difficult season um yeah so you know it's 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 a difficult one i mean he's mm. perhaps he's feeling that the promises he's made he was made haven't been kept um we don't we don't really get to hear the other side of the story um and you know obviously people because of what he's done and what he stands for yeah, everyone's everyone's on Rafa's side, and it, he would sympathise with him. And and of, of course, when when Mike Ashley says, "Look, you can have every penny the club generates, you know, minus costs," you, you're expecting a bigger spend than 31 million. Mm. Um, but what I would say is that there is time. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> well, being linked with yeah, they're being linked with Joe Salou and. Have, yeah. have you seen much of? Have you, have you heard? I've never heard of the guy in my life, and I've, I've heard about him, but um, I've never really heard him too much. No, I'm not I'm not seeing a lot of him. I mean, he, did, he, he I think he only scored four goals in his first season, um, and then then he was sent out on loan to to Deportivo, and I think he scored six last season there. But uh, the people in Spain say he's a better player than that. But you wonder if if it's a type of football that doesn't suit him. Um, mm. It, it it does sound you know at five million it does sound like another body rather than rather than the main man who's mm-hmm. who's going to come in and score you twenty goals. But I suppose you don't you don't know. I mean, I th- I think that the brutal fact is that you know Rafa will have drawn up his his list of of players in certain positions, and you wouldn't imagine that this fellow was in the first two or three in his mm-hmm. uh, on his list. Um, it would have been significantly lower down, but but that's the 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 problem to to the extent I I I wonder and I don't this don't don't know this for a fact, but I wonder mm. if if Rafa thought he might be able to sign four or five fifteen twenty million pound players mm. this summer, mm. um, and has found that those fifteen twenty million pound players are now thirty five and forty million pound players, mm. and that that was never going to happen. Um, and, I, and I think that's that's one of the issues that you know when you look at people like Michael Keane and mm. um, Nathan Ake and people like mm. that going for the the fees they've gone for mm. it's it's just it's nonsense money but I suppose if you want to compete you ha- you have to spend that money and I just don't see Newcastle doing that unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. I've got uh, I'm bringing in Steve Wraith who's also a regular on the show as well. Good evening, Steve. How are you? Hi lads, you okay? Not too bad, not too bad. So, obviously, what do you? Obviously, we're talking about Rafa Benitez and the promises he's been given, and obviously, it's not what the what he was told. Essentially, what, what, what do you think? Because obviously, Damon Damon's talking about it, and the fact that the players that, like, Damon quite rightly said, were 50, looking to bring in lots of fifteen million players, but now essentially they're thirty-five to forty million players. Well, I just think it's a case of broken promises, which is something we've been used to with this last 10 years. And I think um, the irony of Mike Ashley's interview last night, where he apologised to every former manager um, who he's upset, 
um, yet he continues to, 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 you know, to, to basically treat this manager disgracefully. Um, you know, this guy is, is, is quite rightly being announced on more than one occasion. He's probably one of the top, you know, in, in certainly in the top ten, if not the top six in the world. You know, he's won the Champions League. He's, he's won, you know, domestic cups in his country in other countries. Um, you know, technically one of the best managers and uh, one of the most respected managers in the world at this moment in time. And, and Mike Ashley's treating him with a contempt that he treated Alan Shearer, Kevin Keegan, and you know, and the rest. And I just, I'm at a loss, really. I really am. I mean, you know, after after coming out with the, the PR spin via Keith Bishop a couple of years ago, saying that, you know, he got, he got, he understood the mistakes that he'd made and. This was, you know, this was the big, you know, this was the big change that, you know, that he would stay here and, you know, he would bolt the the cart under the horse mm-hmm. and, you know, he would be, you know, he'd be, he'd be he wouldn't be satisfied until he, you know, he got success or won a cup or qualified for the Champions League. It's just, it's just twaddle, you know, it, it's just spin and and you know we, we can't go on any longer and you know, to me, I, I, I deliberately didn't watch the interview until this morning. Um, I didn't want to watch it yesterday. I, you know, I was delighted to be back in the Premier League, and you know, there's nothing better than standing and watching, you know, the team come out and see the Premier League flag waving in all its glory, and you know, you're back in the top flight. But um, I just didn't want to watch it after last night's defeat, and you know, obviously you're not in a great mood when when Newcastle lose any game. But mm-hmm. you know, I watched that this morning, um, and I just, I just shook my head, and I, it's got to be, it's got to be some kind of. It's either PR just just for him because he likes the sound of his own voice now, or it's it's about selling the club. It's about it's about a global advert to try and sell the club. But I don't really think he ever wants to leave. I mean, you start having a second guess what he's you know what he's trying to say. There's subliminal messages and stuff of the, the stuff he says. I mean, let's take let's take for instance at the end of you know the the end of the you know the end of the promotion season mm-hmm. when when he comes out and makes a statement. You know, we were all second-guessing what, what it meant when he said Rafa can have every penny from promotion and every penny that he makes, for, you know, every penny that he makes from any players that he gets rid of or any sales. I mean, you know, you, you suddenly start getting your calculator out and trying to work out what that means. And what it meant was, you know, Ashley wasn't going to give him much money. That's what it meant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've just seen Damien say there, maybe he thought, you know, maybe he's, maybe, he's my, um, maybe Rafa was looking at, you know, 15, 20 million pound players and those players are now costing 40 million. I just think Rafa was expecting to have, you know, the money that he got from Sissoko and Ronaldo plus the money he got from promotion and Mike's just completely pulled that, you know, pulled that rug from under him. And, you know, listen, I, I just think, I just think it's been a huge movement of the goalposts. I think Rafa tells you exactly what's going on in these yeah, interviews true. in a very cute way. And I think that, you know, you've got a question, two, thing, two things that you, you, your listeners will, will certainly agree with us on. First and foremost, you know, the players that Rafa tried to bring in early on in the transfer window in May and June, bearing in mind the guy hasn't had a summer holiday, by the way, because he's trying mm-hmm. to do all this business to get us on a good footing in the Premier League. Tammy Abrams, deal was done. Uh, Chelsea wanted him to come to Newcastle because he was going to get regular game time. The player wanted to come to Newcastle and the, the wages had been agreed. The deal is done and all that needs to be done is the paperwork and, he, and he's here. He's at Newcastle United. Why didn't that deal go through? It had nothing to do with the big market and Newcastle having a great social life and the player being distracted. Nothing. That's, that's rubbish. Tammy Abrahams should have been a Newcastle United player. So why didn't that deal get done? Who knows? Somebody knows. Rafa wanted the deal done. Chelsea wanted the deal done. So why wasn't the deal done? 
Willie Calebro, the goalkeeper, another mm. one, another deal which could have been done for Newcastle United. By all intents and purposes, he was virtually walked to St James's Park. That deal needed. To, that deal just had to be signed off. That deal wasn't signed off. Why wasn't that deal signed off? These are the questions that David Craig should have been asking Mike Ashley. These are the questions that he should have been putting to our owner. But because David Craig is also represented by Keith Bishop, oh, who God. you know Keith Keith Bishop represents. I David didn't know Craig, that. And Keith Bishop represents David Craig, and he represents Mike Ashley on a PR basis. That interview was just a waste of time. Put 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 somebody in front of Mike Ashley to ask the questions that we want answers to, who isn't represented by him. And I'll you know it's worth a listen. But it's you can tell I'm angry, Andy yeah, uh, Andrew. Yeah. I am angry. Um, I'm really frustrated. And you know it's it's because we've got a manager who, for the first time, the fans believe in, and we're, we're in a mess again. You know. And and people revel in us being in a mess, and it's all because of it's all because of you, you know. And I've kept quiet myself for two years. I haven't spoken out against the regime. I've deliberately let other people have their say, um, you know. But where does it get you, you know? I'm just, you know, I'm a Newcastle fan. I've been a Newcastle fan all my life, and I'm just absolutely sick and tired of of just being treated, you know, as badly as we have been. And you know, I don't want to be a yo-yo club. But that's all that's mm-hmm. going to happen. We're just going to go up and down, up and down, and it's just not, it's just not, you know, it's just not fair, really, on our fans. We've got, we've now got forty thousand people who've took season tickets out this season. Forty thousand, you know, and no, most of them took them out not because of Mike Ashley, because of Rafa Benitez, and the poor, the poor bloke standing there looking completely disheartened. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know what will happen. You know, the only thing that will help our club is is a takeover, Andrew. Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, you know, I've seen, I've seen, obviously, you know, we've, you know, I've seen a couple of articles put out about Amanda Stavely, obviously yeah. the woman who, you know, engineered the the Shake Man's U.S. takeover at Man City, Prince Andrew's ex-girlfriend. You know, hey, mm-hmm. if she can engineer a, a takeover at Newcastle, happy days. Um, but obviously, there's other clubs which you know these Arabs will be looking at. Mm. Um, I believe the Chinese thing was a smokescreen, by the way. I don't believe that yeah. for one minute. And, and any China, any Chinese, there was Chinese people, there was Chinese people yesterday at the match in the director's box, you know. But they'll probably mm. all be part of their when you from our new sponsors, you yeah. know. But it's just a smokescreen, Andrew. It's uh, mm. it's just devastating, you know. And, I'll let, I'll let you speak anyway. I have a, de- have a tendency to come back on the new old show and completely take over. So apologies to you as well, Damien. Sorry. That's right. Damien, I think obviously Steve's right when he says, when you've got, this is the thing I don't really understand. When you want the best and you want to be able to st- stand away from Newcastle, you would think he would just do it. Give, let, listen, Rafa, it's yours. I'll, you know, let, let's let's do something special when you've got the best person. This is that's why obviously Steve and myself are all upset. Can you, obviously from from your journalistic sense, what 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 does it say that what's going on? Because this is the trouble, isn't it? If you're going to have a def, if he's going to deflate our own our best manager we've had in years, there's going to be it. You know, it could it, it could have a knock a knock on effect for the rest of the season. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, 
I think that the, the issue is that he has always, from the off, or very nearly from the off, decided that he would run the club as a business, which, as, as we all know, football clubs can't, mm. can't really be run as a business in the conventional sense. Mm. But I think the problem is, he, as I mentioned earlier, he wanted to be self-sustaining, sustaining, he wanted to be self-sufficient. So he, he's saying he won't, or can't or won't, I don't, I don't know which, he's not going to put more of his own money into it. Because, and I think he, the claim yesterday was that most, most of his money is tied up in Spot Direct shares. Um, uh, well, yeah, quite. quite. Um, so unless there's an alternative funding source, you know, whether you know, somebody could buy a stake or, or there is a takeover and people are prepared to put in the millions that you know, they, they have done it at, at Man City and Paris Saint-Germain and elsewhere, you just don't see it happening under the under the, the current regime. And 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 I think, I think Steve's right. I mean, I, I don't think there's been a, a serious, genuine offer on the table um, for, for him even to consider. And I and I genuinely think if somebody were to to put a reasonable amount of money on the table, that that he would sell it, um, but I just don't see. You know, it's you know you've seen takeovers at places like Wolves and, and West Brom, where, as I said earlier, I think it's just so much easier to make a significant impact for a relatively small amount of money. Um, you know, you, when when you see where when Newcastle were even I don't know 13, 14 years ago, 15 years ago. That the, you know the years when they finished fourth, third, and fifth. You know they were they, they were they were there. But then you you look at the debt burden, which I think at the time would be I don't I don't know what it was ninety million quid under the shepherds. But mm. but now the game has moved on so far now that you're talking I, I don't know you're probably talking quarter to half a billion pounds to to make that transition now I would guess. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. It's, it, this this is going to the, the thing is he obviously got in and he what he was clearly going to get out. That was his. That was what he wanted to do. He wanted to get in, make some money, yeah. and sell it. Uh, and don't forget, can- Andrew. Don't forget, Andrew. I brought this up on this program before, but mm. I've still got the copy of this magazine in my loft somewhere. The Newcastle United magazine that doesn't exist anymore. It used to be sent out with season ticket holders, and that line I keep pointing it out here. Uh, that line tells you exactly what um, what is said in there is. You know, why are you buying Newcastle United? Why have you bought Newcastle United? That was one of the questions he was asked. And he said, to, um, to promote my brand, mm. uh, help promote my brand, Sports Direct, mm. globally. And that's the sentence. Mm. That is the sentence. Mike Ashley, what do you get out of running Newcastle United? Promoting his brand globally. Mm. He's getting it worldwide. Mm. And, and, you know, he'll continue to do that because that makes him money. You know, and um, that is it. He's a businessman. Damien just said it. He's a businessman. And... Uh, Yes, he's a rich businessman on paper, but I mean, again, it's just subliminal messages you're getting from what he said yesterday, and that that almost grimace, and you know, on his face when he mm-hmm. when you know, uh, I think Newcastle United fans and I will have to be, we'll have to get used to being together for some while yet. And I just thought, oh, you know, that was like a dagger <laughs> in my heart because yeah, no. <laughs> you know, because again, even a sale, even a sale, will have to be on his terms. You know, if we, if we knew if we knew what he wanted for the club, that would be a start. But don't forget when he did when him and Lambayas went out to the Middle East. If you remember, they went out yeah. to the Middle East to do the deal. There was a potential mm-hmm. deal in the offing where he was going to sell the club, and he went out he went out on the drink. 
he was photographed in a bar out there. He didn't turn up at the meeting. So, you know, unless things are on his terms and it's done his way, even a sale's not going to be straightforward. It has to be as straightforward with Mike's ways, you know. And don't forget, you've got to be a power drinker to have a, uh, a sit-down <laughs> with him, you know. So uh, there's not many Arabs that are power drinkers. Um, but it's, it, it's, it is, it's just a cool thing. It's just, it's, like a, it's just a relentless nightmare. And it's a one that I can't see. I can't see we're getting out of. But, you know, listen, if, if there's that opportunity comes along, like Damien says, and somebody comes up with a, an amount of money which is going to turn his head. I mean, you try, you try and work out what it actually, what's, what's the club worth. You know, it's now in the Premier League, so it's worth more than it was last season. So you, you, have, you have that to look, think of. You have to think of the 120 million plus loan that he's put in, interest free, but that has to be taken care of. Then there's the money that he lost by not doing due diligence when he bought the club in the first place. Then there's, you know, there's all different types of, there's all different types of money, you know, and that, he, that he'll probably add on top of it. He'll want to make a profit. He's a businessman. Yeah. I still say that he's probably looking at 400 million. He probably wants 400 million in yeah. his hand. And, yeah. you know, if there's, if, there's, if there's an Arab out there who, who, who can put that kind of money in, you know, great. But they're, they're few and far between, you know. The only thing I can think of hand on heart is that for years we've protested against him and mm. that hasn't worked um, and I think that just shows I think that just shows that the fan base aren't united I think the, best, the biggest thing we can do and we've been working on it over the last couple of years because mm. our fan base was completely segregated there was lots of different factions who were all fighting against each other me included um, we've all made our peace now we're, we're, all, we're all at one we all try and get how things like the Gallagher Flags initiative has been such a success because we're all singing from the same hymn sheet and I think our fan base is probably stronger now than it has been for any time and I've, I've, said, I've said now that you know it's time for other people to step forward and other people to start taking a lead and I genuinely think that if it comes to a bit of fan power this time I think we could see, we could see the, the supporters trust becoming like the spirit of Shankly did at Liverpool and I think that's, a big, that, that's the one hope that we've got that we can get behind any potential takeover or anybody does yeah. show an interest and I think that People looking in now won't see a club in, in disarray and a fan base in disarray. They'll see a united support and they'll see fans. They'll see forty thousand season ticket holders and they'll see they'll see something they can build on. So I'm just hoping that that, that, that will play a small part in any potential takeover. You know, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, Damien, it's the thing that interests me is that any it doesn't matter how well Newcastle play, especially after this defeat yesterday. Because he comes out after the game, everything that what happened during the game means nothing to Newcastle United, I suppose, because he completely devalues what happened in the game because he's, he's off-handedness with Newcastle fans. And as Steve said, the grimace, every time he thinks about Newcastle United, it is always with a grimace, if, even if he's talking about Sports Direct. And that's the problem, isn't it? He wants out... If he thinks he's going to get four hundred million pound in his hand, he's dreaming. He was he got close to it. He got three hundred twenty-five million the other week. Sorry, the other year. It was it was offered to to him, and he turned it down, and that was going quite well. That that, that could mean something, uh, and that was somebody local in the area, obviously from Dubai, in the Middle East. So there the, there is interest in there. This the thing, isn't it? We should be talking about well, Shelby got sent off, <laughs> you know, crazily. Um, we've got new players coming in. They've been they've been stre- stretched off, but we're back to the the one guy who we can't really go forward with because 
it, for all intents and purposes, is cock plucking. <laughs> well, you could say that possibly, <laughs> possibly. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's, the, the, the timing wasn't great, I suppose, because the, the message was always going to be the same. And I think, I think Steve, Steve made a very good point there. Is it, is it a, a sort of come and get me? Uh, you know, was it was it his his launch of the the manifesto to say, or the prospectus to say, look, the club's available if if you want it, come and come and talk to me. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. We should be talking about football, and we we should be talking about you know the Shelby's ridiculous uh, incident. But but yeah, we're, talk, we're talking about we're talking about Mike Ashley yet again, and. It, I can understand just listening to Steve. It, it, it raises great passion and <laughs> and uh, really exercises people when all they want to be doing is watching and talking about football. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to Steve in a second with regards to. Um, tell me, give me your instant reaction to, and I'll ask Steve in a minute as well. But what was your reaction to what he did yesterday? The captain. I think people are getting mixed up with the fact that he's captain of Newcastle. He's not. It's just. Yourselves, you know, Lascelles is the captain. Yeah. But what he did yesterday, to me, I I'm like I'm a bit like Alan Oliver um, when it comes to <laughs> players that shouldn't play for the club again. Uh, but when I saw when I saw that tackle, well, tell me what you think. Well, tell me what you think. I've got Neil as well who's just tuned in, thankfully. But um, t- tell me what you thought. Well, I mean, initially nobody knew what had happened, and it wasn't until we saw the replays. And then you, you just look and you think, well, it's ridiculous. A, because it was unnecessary. Mm. B, because he was standing two feet from the referee. And C, you just think, for a man who spent five games last season sitting on the bench for saying something stupid, which he. he still insists he didn't you know you've got to keep your nose clean especially when you're wearing the captain's armband i just i just thought it was utterly nonsensical it it, it, it didn't there was no it wasn't in the, the heat of the moment or anything like that it i just thought it was utterly ridiculous uh, and for a man who you know has spent the summer we're told working so hard to get himself in tip-top shape and you know, justify that that big fee that they paid out for him 18 months ago. I I, I just it, it took my breath away, and you know, then you read you read this afternoon that he's he's undergoing you know <laughs> anger management treatment with a with a psychologist. It just it it it, it, it beggars belief. It, it really does, and you know, you've seen how Joey Barton's career has been blighted by mm-hmm. these these incidents the man's the man's 25 now he's not he's not a child and you know look we, we hear about his contrition afterwards and Rafa and the players have rallied round him but you can be you'd be sure within the four walls of St James's he's been he's been told in no uncertain terms mm. that, that you just cannot be doing that sort of thing it's it, it, it was ridiculous Steve what do you think I'll, I'll ask Neil yeah what? I mean no, there's nobody there's nobody can nobody can defend what he did yesterday it was absolutely ludicrous and you know again it looked it looked innocuous to everyone sitting watching it first hand but then the TV replays you know just showed how stupid it was and Deli Ali's very good at that you know he's, he's mm. the kind of player you'd love to play for you but you hate playing against you and he's 
he's been through his own battles himself and, you know, very similar player really to, to Shelby and he won the war yesterday. He won the war because he got him to bite and, you know, those kind of those kind of incidents, you know, if you're going to do it, do it properly for God's sake, you know. And he, and he, <laughs> and he you know, he, he just to, to tread on him as he did in mm. such a, you know, such a malicious way was just was just ludicrous. And and he he hasn't just cost himself three a three match ban. He's cost us the game. He's cost us the points because let's face it, Tottenham weren't very good yesterday. Mm. They certainly yeah. weren't. They certainly weren't at the races. Um, they don't travel well at St James's Park, and you know, statistics show that we, you know, it. They usually, they usually go home with nothing or, you know, a point. But we could have got a point out yesterday's game. Our frailties were there for all to see, though, Andrew, you know. Mm-hmm. We haven't got a striker who can get with 20 goals. Dwight Gale, Dwight Gale's always going to be, you know, worried about his, his hamstring. Yeah, and, saying, yeah. you know, it was great It was great to see him get through the game yesterday because, you know, that would have just been the, the, the cherry on the cake, him being injured. But <laughs> we still haven't got that. We haven't, we haven't got that 20-goal striker. And, you know, Josh Lou's not going to be the answer from Stoke. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't got a prolific record in the Premier League. Um, we need a striker who's going to get us goals because the Premiership is such a harsh, unforgiving league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't take your chances, you don't score goals. Perez will get with goals. I've got no doubt about that. Um, you know, he did it in a poor team that was relegated. He can get double figures. He, he could get nine or ten goals, I think, no, no problem. I think Gale, if he gets a good run, will get with goals. But we need somebody the size of Mitrovic, but with you know, with, with a finish of Shearer, and they're few and far between. And it's my big concern that I think we're midfield's okay. I think we're midfield. I think we're midfield solid. I think Moreno can take his chance yeah, now. I like come him, in yeah. and prove. I liked what he did. He came on and mm-hmm. settled straight in and put a couple of decent balls in. Um, Murphy will be chomping at the bit to get into the get into the side because he's a Newcastle fan mm-hmm. uh, through and through. And I just think we're back four. You know, obviously with the exception of left back, you know, Kieran Clark's come in, done a great job in there. He's played there before, but we need we need we need strength and depth there. Um, but I, I think the rest of the team can give as good as it gets in the Premier League, and I think I think staying up is is, is very very likely. But they need that striker, and if they don't get that striker, they're in they're in they've got problems because we know we know what happens, you know. Yeah, Neil. Obviously, Neil Mitchell, my co-host, regularly on the show. He's managed to get in from Dubai. So, what do you think about the send-off and all things? Uh, <laughs> the send-off was was stupid, and I think Steve's right. I think if if you'd actually two-footed him from about five yards, I think probably there'd be a little bit more sort of um, sympathy from the crowd for him, if nothing else. But I mean, to do it the way he's done it, you could see it coming. You could see there was something brewing. Um, the thing that was the giveaway, if you look about 10 minutes before, um, there was two challenges from Lascelles on Ali. And, and Ali got himself wound up after the, the second one, which was a hard one, but fair. Uh, and there was a little bit of push and shove. And if you look, uh, Shelby went up into Ali's ear after that, after that tackle. And you could see there was something brewing. But to do it in such a petulant way... And and, and and again, as Steve said, he, he spent the summer getting himself into shape, and you can see he's, into sh- he's, he's much more into shape. He's fitter and he's leaner. Um, but it, it, it's obviously, we've heard this before from him, oh, I'm sorry, we've let you down. The Wolves incident last year, um, as again, he, he allowed himself to be goaded into doing something. Because let's make no mistake about it, he was being wound up by the Wolves player, and nobody's talked about that. But equally, it was him that got caught doing something stupid and crass. And it's again, him that got caught doing something stupid and crass. And he, he's let her down again. And, and, and how many chances does somebody get when, when they're in that position? It's, it's, it's very, very difficult to say. But 
you know, up to that point, we looked pretty solid. And up to that point, um, I think we were stifling Spurs out of the game. Um, and, and while it stays nil, you've got a chance mm. to, to, to nick it. And I think we've got to expect a lot of that this season. Because, um, mm. again, what, what deficiencies are well on show. The lack of squad depth in certain positions is on show. Um, there were... <laughs> Such a crazy, crazy, crazy transfer market with silly amounts of money being played for below-average players. Um, I, I personally would rather see with punt five million on Yosselu for compared to um, eighty million on on the lad that's gone from Burnley to Watford. Great, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think we'll get as much for five million out of Yosselu as they will for him. So I, I, I don't have much of a complaint. And also, perhaps lays bare to some of the speculation that gets bandied about how, how can we have bid 12 million for him and been rejected yeah. two weeks ago to sign him for 5 million two weeks later that that doesn't make sense to me either um, I, I think there's a lot of posturing and positioning going on I think agents and clubs using agents to get things out there which we know happens mm. uh, Benitez himself has been quoted more, more than one occasion about how agents control the market these days pretty much um, and I think we're, we're dealing with a, I, I think uh, we will sign more players and we will ship some of the dead wood um, but I think it's all going to happen in the last 24 hours of the window and that's the folly of the window the folly of the window that along with the folly of FFP two things that were supposed to be great levelers in the game in the yeah. turned in exactly means nothing does it <laughs> No, I'm not. Yeah. Damien, when you obviously I know you've got to go soon. It's like you've been on for an hour. You've been a great trooper. Um, <laughs> but um, obviously, final word from you. But when it comes to Josselu and Neil's probably right. When it when it comes to the window, this this is the thing, isn't it? When when we, when we try and get players in, you've got to shift them out. And if I think there's so many players at Newcastle have been told, thanks very much, lads, get out, get out, get out. But they're on so much money. Riviere, for one, could have already gone to, to France and he yeah. turned it down because obviously, clearly, he's getting so much money where in Newcastle he, he can afford to sit there and wait by his time. And, you know, we're going for players like Josselu. And, and I agree with Neil on that one. Josselu, to me, could be something, couldn't he? He could be something. I think he, he's a... We need somebody up front that we can kick the ball to, that can keep it and possibly score a goal to bring bring other players in because, you know, like I think uh, like like they said about Dwight Gale, Dwight. There's a reason why Dwight Gale left Crystal Palace, came to us, played in another division, got us out, but he's got obviously dodgy hamstrings. So, uh, you know, the, going into the first game of the season. Newcastle really need all the players ready to go, and we're all we're playing catch up like so many other teams. Mm. No, I agree. I mean, I think it was very noticeable yesterday when you looked at Newcastle's front four. You know, when they when they were breaking with with Richie and Apsu, who've been support of Perez and Gale, they're all about five foot eight. Um, you know, and um, it was it was very noticeable that there was nobody with any real physical stature up there, which is where you'd you'd want Mitrovic or the or the, or the likes if 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 Rafa fancied him. Um, but but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it is a big problem. You, you talked about moving players out. I know, I think Derby wanted Grant Hanley, but they, they couldn't do a deal for the wages. Mm. And, you know, there are, there are several of those players. You know, we, we hear about Jack Colback over the weekend. 
you know, who, who looks like he might be surplus to requirements. The, 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 the issue Rafa's going to have, though, is that he's got to keep some of these lads on side because if they don't get the targets, some of these players might have to play a role for the rest of the season. Um, so it's a, it's a really delicate situation. There are, I mean, we've named them there, Hanley, Riviere, I think Lazar, um, the, the Colback. There, there are several of them who, in an ideal world, they would quite like to move on. But the extent to which they're able to do that could determine what else they can bring in and, and, and what wage packets they can offer to prospective signings. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, that, I think when it comes to the signing, when you look at the, like when um, Neil mentioned f- financial fair play, you look at what PSG done and they're going to they're gonna do for Mappy as well. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've got to play the numbers game, haven't you? Because if every player is going to come in... Um, I think I think Rafa's doing very cute business, but he's he's very much down in the <laughs> in the in the basement when it comes to bringing in players, isn't he, Damien? Well, well, he is to an extent, but you know what? I think his plan always was to do a couple of these shrewd little moves, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's why he wanted Abraham and Caballero and people like mm-hmm. that because he could new deal, he knew he could do loan deals or or perhaps cheap deals, and, and he thought he would be able to supplement them with a few mm. choice, you know, reason, reasonably big money spends. Um, because he's done it before. He's, I, I think he, he told us that when he was at Valencia, he was talking about mm. this the other day, when he was at Valencia, he won the league, and then they gave him nothing. So he had to go out and do it again on the budget and, and, mm. and managed to win the league again two years later. And, you know, I, I think he's... he's not happy to do that, but he's prepared to do that. But I think he thought that it was going to be something different, um, mm. and I and I and I also think he thought he might have six or seven or seven or eight in before mm. the start of the new season, and that's yeah. that's clearly not the case. And as time runs out, you know, people do panic, and and then a, you know a player who who wouldn't take 18, 18 grand a week mm. envisages training with the with the, the reserves for or the, the kids for a, for a season and ends up agreeing to move to a championship club or something and then that frees up a space for somebody else to come in. So I, I, I think Neil's right. In the last few days of the window, I, I think it, it, it'll go mental again and there'll be players moving left, right and centre. But then, then you, you sort of... You end up in the in the situation where you're trying to get deals done before the deadline, and mm. and I know it's not fax machines breaking down anymore, but sometimes <laughs> they just don't get done. But you know, it's it it you know it it is it can be a very fraught last few days, and then of course you've you've lost those three, four, five, six weeks when you can embed mm. those players into the team, and you've got a transfer window coming up. Um, sorry, uh, an international break coming up straight away. And, yeah. and players might be going off with the countries again, so you might not see them for that fortnight or ten days or whatever it is. That's why when Steve said he didn't take a holiday because he wanted to do it mm. early, exactly. and they've shafted him by not bringing in. You know, to me, it's, uh, God, it, when it comes to Mike Ash, you'll, you'll never, we'll never understand a guy that wants to be so far away from the club, but he's involved in the club, he's involved in everything we do, but. But, you know, that, that's for another time, Damien. But thanks for coming on, David. It's been a pleasure as ever. And uh, watch out for the lots and lots of retweets regarding European step. But thanks so much, Damien. It's been a pleasure. Right, thanks welcome. very much. Cheers now, Damien. Cheers now. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much to Damien. Fairman coming on the show. Uh, great. He's always good to be, always good copy to have on there. And I've got my normal guest as well this evening, Lee Johnson. Good evening. How are you? 
I'm all right. Yourself? Good? I'm not too bad. And um, <laughs> Where to start? Obviously, we've been talking about the window and uh, obviously watching uh, Mr. Ashley's appearance. Obviously, you and Neil can go back and forth on this, but tell me what, Paul, tell me what you've been, what you thought about yesterday, and uh, you know uh, what, what, what the the fans brought to the game, but then uh, obviously the signings we've got little by little. The, what the game itself? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought we played well. I, I, I mean, I'm confident this season that if Rafa Benitez. <clears throat> remained our manager of the season even if he was left with his squad of footballers that I still think we'll see in the league, league actually do I just think I mean, what you see what you see in the first 47 minutes is that what you'll see quite a lot this season we were tight we were compact we were well organised um, the longer the game went on I was actually just saying it all the time somebody was saying the longer the game goes on if we get to 70, 75 minutes it's still nil nil mm. the crowd will keep coming into this game the crowd mm. will keep coming into this game and, I would, and, I would, and I'll tell you this uh, for free Andrew um, I, I, none of the, the recognised top seven in this league will like, uh, will like to come to St James's Park to play Newcastle United uh, this season under Rafa Benitez because he'll have us organised um, he'll have us well drilled we'll not, be, we'll not be a shrinking violet you'll not see any um, Capitulations like we did under Pardew and Steve McLaren, but unfortunately, on the 47 minutes, John Joe Shelby gets himself himself sent off, and you know the game the game plan goes out the window. Um, you, know, you cannot you cannot legislate for that. It was it's annoying. It's you know it's cost his teammates, he's cost the fans, he's cost everyone, and and for me, he wouldn't get back in the team. Um, mm, he yeah, and I've seen enough in Marino in the last 15 minutes to realise that. Um, you will certainly not be missing the next, the next three games. Uh, I was furious with them, absolutely furious with them, because, you know, just to pick the point about losing the two defenders, if you go back to, again, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, was meant, I'm, I'm, I mentioned our last two managers. Uh, if we had lost, let's say, two key defenders in the space of 20 minutes, both Pardew and, um, Pardew and um, McCarran would have crapped themselves. It would have been a mess. We would have been mangled. We would have been, would have been all out of the shot. But, we work very. It's clear the players that work very hard all week. They're well drilled. The difference with this league to the championship is that we're going to have more preparation time. You know, we're not playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. So over the piece, we played well. The, the team got a standing ovation at the end. That will tell you its story. But I think what was highlighted yesterday, we've lost three players now. We've probably lost Dummett for a bit. He's a hamstring. Mm. I hope the journey's all right. I really do, because that's a big blow. It's the first time I've seen him yesterday. In the first 25 minutes, he looked assured, accomplished. Very good on the ball. Um, Harry Kane didn't get a kick under that point. Probably why he took him out. Um, and obviously, you lose Shelby for three games. So, you know, with three players down already, we've got a bit of a... We, we have got a large squad, you know, we, we, it's clear we're trying to get rid of the, we're trying to get rid of players because obviously he wants to try and bring in more quality. Mm. I, th- I think. Um, what, what do you think, Neil? I, I think as soon as you saw that tackle by Shelby, I, I must admit, it was. I know it was just. It was like the worst thing I've ever seen ever. It was embarrassing. Yeah, it was Neil, what do you right. think? Because I must. Be, I, I I have no words for that because. <laughs> Even now, you watch it, you think, he kicks the ball away from him. And he's now going to anger management. And he's, There's the one thing about players, at least with Deli Ali, Neil and Lee, when you watch Deli Ali, uh, at least he's using 
you know, if you get he's obviously got in trouble last year when he got sent off the final game of the season, but when you watch him, at least there's a end product with Ali. I think uh, Neil's beeping. Which so temp, temp, Let me just have to mute it for now. Hold on. So, what do you think, Lee? When you when you saw him, when you saw him, um, you know, attempt the small the the, the stamp on him. I, so if you could understand, I, I could understand that being like a long-standing niggle. Like I'll give you. I started talking to me mate. I started talking to me mate because we got the free kick. We got the free kick. Yeah. It was our free kick. Yeah. And all Ali did was just like move the ball away from him. Shelby walked past him. It was it was David Beckham-esque. Nine years. That's what it mm. was when David Beckham flicked out at um, Simeone. Right, not, right under the referee's nose. That's all it was. I thought he stood. He stood on his angle. He didn't do any. He didn't do anything that was in, in comparison with what Rafa was trying to say in terms of the tackle by um, Harry Kane and Majern. You know, he literally walked but he, and he stood on him. He tried, he, tried, he literally, tried, but it, was, it wasn't a stamp, it was a, he mm. trod, he trod on But he trod on him right in front of the referee. You know, he didn't need to do that. Ali just kicked the ball. We had the free kick, man. It's the mm. 47th minute of the game. He would do that right under the referee's nose. But the problem is, Andrew, He's got previous. He got yeah. up for one last year. He got mm. up for one last year. The club backed him to the hilt mm. over that racism thing as well. And he mm. goes and lets the manager down straight away, although Rafa was great after the match. Yeah. I love the fact that it's stage mentality. He didn't hang Shelby out to dry. But I would imagine privately he'll be absolutely foreman, man. I must have been that. Neil, when, when, you, when you saw it, <laughs> it's... Like personally, I, if I'm being honest, and I, I'm a bit, a bit Alan all of, it, all of that, but I would, I wouldn't let, I wouldn't even. He'd be very lucky to play more than 20 games because if you know you've got that guy who's failed at Liverpool, he failed at Swansea, he came to Newcastle, we went, we went under, we went down, he gets by, he kind of got by last season, Neil. What's your what's your thing? You know, it's not like you don't want to throw the guy under the bus, but you know, he threw he threw fifty two thousand fans under the bus yesterday when we had a chance to to make a statement against Tottenham. Yeah, well, we've been here before with him, haven't we? Yeah. And last last season when he was missing for crucial games, that was when we went on an iffy run that allowed Brighton to get ahead, and then you know, obviously things transpired that it worked out okay in the end. But I think now is the time to bring that back up and say. Okay, you were key to that team last season, and we're missing you because of your behaviour and your fault. And here we are; we're going to miss you. However, I don't think he's going to be as big as a miss because I think, as everybody saw with that Mourinho, uh, I think if he, if he's fit and healthy, he's going to stay in the team because he, mm-hmm. he looks like a class act and could turn out to be far more reliable than Shelby, and that he's not going to get himself sent off in stupid situations. So um, I think. And Shelby's on big wages as well, remember? And I yeah. think that the lads... I, I, I think if there was a, an offer to come in for him during this transfer window, I think the club would consider it. Not that I think that that will happen, however. I think we're stuck with the daft clot. So, um, I, I can't... I, I, again, as, as, as Lee said, Rafa's trying to deliver the siege mentality and he's not going to hang the lad out to dry in public. But by God, I would have him making tea and scrubbing boots and all kinds. Absolutely. But it's the sure thing for me, though, Lee. When you watch him do it, if there had been 
an ongoing issue. I'll give you. A, I'll give you. A, I watched the Man United game, right? And they were losing. West Ham were losing two 0 right? And I watched Arnasevich. He had. He got into a tussle with um, Rob uh, Jones, right? And he's two 0 down, and he punches up. You know, he's not punching, but he's pushing him. He's pushing and pushing him, and the, the game was dead in essence, right? And he still. He stands there. He looks. He looks, but he's walking away. He's slowly walking away, but the. The, the pure hatred going through his his whole body, you know, he's really angry. But and this and this guy doesn't do anything. He just, you know, he gets on with the game. We this this guy we have at Newcastle United, he doesn't have. He's not he's he's not he's not big enough for him to say. Well, you know, he's uh, you know he's been awesome for the last three or four years. Every game he pulls up, he may. When Marino came on, I think the first 13 passes out of 15, and I looked at the stats of uh, Shelby, and he made three. Well, I, I, I purposely I, I hate preseason, right? And I try and avoid mm. it like the plague, because um, I don't like the I don't like to sit there and go, oh, he's going to be a player, he's going to mm. be this, he's going to be that. So the new lads, uh, you know, uh, certainly for the year in the first 25 minutes, I was watching him very closely. Um, and I like what I saw and then obviously when that Moreno comes on bear in mind we're down to 10 Tottenham were pulling mm-hmm. us apart and he actually gave us a bit of a foothold in the game for the last 15 he actually created mm-hmm. two good chances I still had one and there was another one um, and it was all through him he was calm he was composed he was making himself available um, every t- every every pass that was into him from the back four he was always on the half turn always looking to move forward and apparently he can do things going both ways he can tackle. He was quite. He's, he's quite. A, he looks like quite a solid unit. He's quite. He's quite big. Um, and at the end of the day, Andrew, in the next three games, he's gonna. He's gonna have the opportunity to make that um, place his own. Mm. Um, the silly mm. thing in with this, the silly thing is with the Shelby sending off is all Deli Ali did. We got the free kick. Deli Ali just kicked the ball away. Referee could have booked Deli Ali for that. But you know, Shelby just. It's like trods on him. I mean, it's just it's it's, it's the most. Like I said, David Beckham. The David Beckham-esque thing in '98, but David Beckham learned very learned by learned by that very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Joe Shelby's had a couple of chances now, and um, I would be making him. In, I would be making things incredibly hard for him to get back in that mm-hmm. team. So he have to work extra hard um, because you cannot. At the end of the day, you can't. We cannot afford to carry anyone this season. This season is going to be tough enough because you know. Things are being. I, I don't. I know you'll ask us about Jonas soon, and uh, you'll have to tell us if there's any kids listening or it's a family. <laughs> um, but you know, this season is, is tough, will be tough enough. But I am convinced that people um, are underestimating us, underestimating this group of lads. I think we have a cracking group of lads, and I really do. And I think they'll run through brick walls for each other. And I'll tell you, I'm telling you now, because of the manager, because of his staff, he will have us well drilled, we will be organised and we will be difficult to beat. And Tottenham have got three points at St James's Park yesterday. Tottenham are one of the top seven this season. It's Everton upwards and the rest, but the rest of them, still, there's still a couple, obviously, the other six will have to come here. And none of them, none of them will want to come here, knowing that we're managed by Rafa Benitez, because we will be well drilled, we'll, be pl- we'll have a plan. And we'll try and execute that plan. And like I said, the longer the game went on yesterday, I could see Tottenham getting frustrated. Um, we were using Astro, Astro really well. He has come back on fire, by the way. He's took his form from the end of last mm-hmm. season into this season. He's getting the ball. He's just direct. Yes, we need to add bodies. But if Rafa Benitez is out to manage Newcastle United, um, even on this fucking shoestring, um, 
shoestring budget. Um, I, I'm, I'm confident we'll be a Premier League team next season because the Premier League is, has been, is, cut, is, is, in, is in two, two parts now. You have from Everton, Everton upwards and then you have um, Southampton downwards. And if you look at Southampton downwards and all the other teams, if you look at Southampton downwards, who's, which, which football team has the best manager? Us. We have the best manager. And I think that's worth, I think that's worth, worth a couple of extra points. Yeah, we'll, we'll get. Obviously, it leads me quite nicely into Mike Garcia. Um, first, I'll get Neil's reaction on it because that this is the problem, isn't it? Like Newcastle play a game, we're all frustrated, we're all upset about it, and Steve Rafe amply showed how upset he is about it, and bring us up to date on what players were going to come to Newcastle and they couldn't because they were basically stopped from coming in. Mm. So when you watch um, the interview with him and. It's it's jarring to to, to know that um, that they're both run by the same agent. <laughs> well, you know what can and this is the problem, isn't it? When you it's a, you have this guy on TV and he says so much stuff, he he infects everything that's going on with Newcastle, all the great stuff that I know you you and uh, you and you Neil and League have really liked the fact that it's all become Rafa's united everybody. But he clearly hasn't united Rafa Ben. He hasn't united Mike Ashley because I didn't hear. To me, he's one of the. I think to all of us, he's won the jackpot. He doesn't need to do much. He just needs to let it be run properly, effectively, conservatively, money-wise, wherever it is. Just let him add it, Neil. Well, I, I think he's come out with some very interesting things to say because we're not expecting him to compete with Man City and Chelsea and spend that kind of money. Would like to compete with Southampton and Watford. Um, I, I, I don't think that's an unreasonable ask, and I don't see any oligarchs running those, and I don't see any countries backing those. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's it, there's a lot of he's come up with a lot of curious things on what for me is a simple advert that as we know as I have got said for a long time and I had a little Twitter rant about it earlier this week um, the club has always been for sale and it is always for sale mm. we just have one very difficult seller and there's a number of things that are quite obviously public domain and a number of things that aren't but um, that could back that up um, but what he wants and what he will get, what he imagines he will get, what he imagines will turn up to mm. to, to rock up on the door and, and take the club. Let, let, let's make no mistake about it. He was left holding this baby. His plan all al- all along was was a quick flip. Mm. Um, all that due diligence stuff that came out when you know the, the the loan that he didn't see was uncovered because he didn't do the due diligence. But why was the due diligence done? It was done by the people lined up to buy. It's as simple as that. And then he's left holding a baby he didn't want to hold. Then he thought, oh, this is kind of good, this. And then rode the wave for a little while, but then didn't know what to do when it started going belly up. And we've had two relegations under his tenure. We've only had four in my history. Um, good point. And, 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 and he's cost himself a lot of money out of that. Um, and he has to take that. And I think he's feeling sorry for himself when he turns around and says, we're going to compete with countries. I think also we're seeing the folly of that year out of the Premiership, how much damage it's done 
this year because the accounts are based on the championship season and we still haven't had a penny of parachute payments because mm-hmm. we never got them. And you only get them if you stay down. And the, the, that league below us have whinged about parachute payments all bloody season. They're the ones benefiting <laughs> from our parachute payment money, not us. That's the, there's the irony. You know, um, it, it, it's, it, it's a big bloody joke listening to Aston Villa whinge while they're splashing wages on, on an agent, John Terry, and then getting beat mm. to wherever it was at the weekend. Three. And, and three. three, was it? Oh, oh three. yeah. Um, and so, you know, you hear all of this, that it's a blatant advert for the club, and I know somebody in this part of the region that I'm in now has been heavily linked with the possible... Um, interest in, in buying a Premier League club and what would they buy however I think it's also time as a fan base if we're going to talk about sales and we're going to talk yeah. about somebody coming in to take Mike Ashley away what would you accept to lose him what would you take on the chin to say okay we'll have to lose that if we're going to lose Mike, Mike Ashley is it going to be another ground naming rights issue is it going to be a total move of ground? Because I'm telling you now, that's not an attractive ground to buy. And I, and I, and I don't care what anybody says about the Gallagher land. That's a nice little red heron to have a little pop at Ashley. With the the, the, the restrictions at the Lees, on the, the Leeser's Terrace side, and then what you want to do with that ground, you don't own the land underneath it. So you can't really do much with it. You only really own the buildings on it. Um, any new owner, I'm telling you now, might want to move location of the ground. And would you, would everybody be prepared to take that on the chin to lose Mike Ashley? What would we be prepared to do? And I think we've got to, we've got to come into anything like that with a very, very open mind and stay very bloody calm because we've got to see the bigger picture. Lee, Jesus, honestly, uh, 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 <laughs> you know what it is. You know the first thing. You know the first thing I did. You know the first thing I did after his interview? Mm. I went and watched his interview off two years ago. Um, when he was given at the... Um, well, and his words were, this, these are his words, we have the finances, we have the cart, now we just need to board it. Mm. And then he moved from that sentence into, and I shan't be selling it until I win something. And when I mean win something, he started reaming off the Champions League and stuff mm. like that. Mm. Yesterday, his yesterday. words. That was his words, and if you go back and watch it, it's in black and white. It's in black and white. And again, he came out at that point because basically we were in the shit as a result of something he's done, as a result of something he'd done. And again, all summer, Benitez, through interviews with the press and left, right, mm-hmm. centre, and all them interviews that came over the last couple of weeks because that the Premier League about the start and things like that, um, which Benitez actually openly said. I, you know, I didn't want to do all those interviews, but I had to. Um, he's just been poking. Benitez's been poking all the time. So, Mike Ashley, again, in my opinion, fell under threat. Yeah. I'm going to come out. I'm going to... I've got... I'm gonna, David, David, hello, David, it's Mike. Can we set up an interview like we did two years ago? I need, to, I need to speak to the... I need to speak to everyone and have a word and tell them all that I, I can't even afford a KFC bargain bucket. Um, you know, I, and... You sit and listen to him, and I, I, I just, you're thinking, oh, God, it was just a fan Even yourself, Andrew, who preferred questions for him just to see, asking proper questions, real questions. You know, when he was getting interviewed, he was talking about, like, uh, 
was sitting grinning talking about his treatment mm-hmm. of Kevin Keegan and Alan Shearer, mm-hmm. Chris Hutton, etc., etc. I owe him an apology, I owe him an apology, I owe him an apology. Um, and I was just thinking, no, no, you're not learning. You're not learning. <laughs> you're not learning. Yeah, it's fair enough you come out and saying that. You, you know, we even said all last season when we were talking on here with Neil mm-hmm. and things like that, you know, how the hell is Rafa Benitez our manager, man? Under this regime. Mm. How? How? We're finding out. He thinks, he, he, <laughs> we're finding out, Andrew, he, 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 thinks, he thinks, as I do, I think there's massive potential here. Mm. I think he looks at the area like Liverpool, and I think he looks at yep. the, fan, the fan base. I think he looks at the area, he thinks, Christ, if I can do something with this, mind. I will be, I will go down in history. And I think it's there. I think Luke Edwards, Luke Edwards wrote a, a piece in the summer where he was talking about there's not many clubs out there in England who, you know, is there primed, ready to take off. I think we are. I think we have the manager in place. The good thing about what Benitez did to Mike Ashley, I think he challenges them. And I think, I would imagine, Mike Ashley respects that. But Actually, yeah, I was good. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, Lee. It's, he makes a, Lee makes a really good point, isn't he? Because I've been thinking about that the last couple of days. That's the reason he did that. He did that chat, isn't it, Neil? Because he he feels that, and I know this for a fact anyway. But they 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 kind of laugh laugh at Rafa Benitez in their own in his own little other circle because he's got various circles. This Mike Ashley, but this is where this is where reality and uh, stupidness and uh, being not into not not a football person come in because any. Like I think, like like Neil said, if somebody came in to buy Newcastle United, right, and they had an option to make more money and obviously take the club somewhere else in the city, could be anywhere, couldn't it? Doesn't really matter. It could be somewhere good. It could be bigger. It could be fantastic new stadium, whatever it is. And they would make us so much money on the one they've currently got. Anyway, they could make that whatever they want to make it. But this is the thing: you need to have the person who will basically keep you. You know, if you want to stay away from Newcastle, go ahead. But he's being challenged by some somebody he doesn't want, and but that's what. But what you just said there, Andrew, talking about um, uh, and what little things looks out, what Neil said about obviously possibly moving the ground, possibly mm. the naming rights to the stadium. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. If yeah. you're going to do that, if you're going to do that, sell the idea to the fans that you're going to move it forward. Exactly. Do not, exactly. Do not stand outside of St James's Park with a guy with a crowbar. Taking the near, taking the stadium name off. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, there was no, there was no consultation. There was no, there was Lee no communication. There was no communication. All, all about how it's done, not exactly. what is done, and and you know that was done on the back of, oh, we've sacked Chris Hutton and we're going to rename your ground. Boom, yep. boom. You know, it, and two, it, it, and that's, two, that's and two odd jobs standing outside the ground, crowbar you know, in the end of the stadium I, off. I, I, I always used to dread the international break because that's when they'd do something silly, knowing that they would have two weeks to, for everything to calm down. Lee, it wasn't an accident. It was not an accident. None of the, these things were an accident. The timing of these things, none of them were an accident, Lee. Right, because there was they, a break. Because the new, the two. Two weeks to let it all calm down. It's it's mm. it's it, it, it's absolutely the way they are. And you're right. It's about how anybody coming in potentially gets the fan engagement right. They get that fan engagement right. We'll back out. Do you remember oh. John Hall? John Hall wanted them to build a new ground and move up the road. 
Yeah, there was, happy happy about it. There, was yeah. pe- there was people unhappy about it, but the vast majority, to my memory, were. Yeah, that was right. Because because they felt like they'd been included, they felt like they'd been listened to, they felt like that the concerns had been been taken on board, and that they'd been part and bought into that idea. And I think fans will buy into just about any idea other than turning the stripes on the shirt red. You know, I, I, I think that obviously there's certain lines that would that, that, that you could couldn't cross, but that's about it. You know, um, yeah. I, 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 it's about how you go about engaging with the fans. And, and you're right, Ashley's feeling under pressure, and so he's coming out with he's reverting the type. How do I how do I relieve that? The the problem is we're dealing with a man who's totally shot any credibility that he mm. ever had left to pieces. In court recently, with some of the things he's come out and said, power drinking. With, yeah, the, yeah, absolutely all of that, Andrew. Absolutely all of that. How can you take anybody that inclined and who's done that and had to say that in a court case mm. to avoid paying out fourteen million to some guy he made in a, a drunken agreement with while he was mm. vomiting in a bloody fireplace or something? <laughs> you know, uh, it it it. it it, 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 then he expects to come on Sky and give an interview like that and be taken seriously. I beg your pardon. He just—he was going on about the stadium name rights and things like that. And you know, I was sitting there going, "You call it the Sports Direct Arena? You call the Sports Direct Arena? You call it the Sports Direct Arena? Which the club made zero money off? Nothing. The club well, made nothing off it. Commercially, it, it apparently." Apparently, we used to make a fortune in the ground on, on advertising other people's brands, and it, mm-hmm. now that, that would, that's been shot to pieces Look, because it's all his. It's just his. Hey, man. The, the, the whole, again, it wasn't necessarily even the calling at the Sports Direct Arena. It was the way it was done. And mm-hmm. just by Derek Lamb bias, we're going to showcase it <laughs> as this. But it won't be this forever. <laughs> we're just showcasing it to try and sell the brand. By then, they just tarnished the bloody brand to the point where nobody <laughs> wanted to touch and it. Neil, and Neil, and he wasn't Neil, paying a penny for it either. And Neil, you know and what it, I think as well? You know what mm. I think with that Sports Direct Arena stuff? I, I'm convinced also that they already were well aware that Wonga were going to come back in, who, were good, would, would, who would in the North East be met with like people going, no, 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 no. These are mm. money laundering company, man. They're, rip, they're robbing people blind in the northeast. Mm. But what did Wonga do? What did the first thing Wonga do? What did the first no. thing Wonga do when they bought the when they bought the name and rights to the stadium? They brought they put it back up the name. So they were seen as what? Some kind of white knight. Save, yeah. Right. Save, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like right. everything looks like it's planned. It's yeah. stage managed. It is stage managed. There's, there's a reason. There's a guy called Keith Bishop sits next to him all the time who's in the mm. PR. And, and and it's all staged, managed. You're absolutely nail on the head, 100%. The theatre and the drama. Derek Lambias loved being the pantomime villain. All the, all the interaction I had with, with... You know, I had some horrible... And Steve Hasty would tell you this. Me and him sat in that room with him one day and he went red-faced and started poking people in the chest. <laughs> and got particularly angry. I remember this. And the, story. And the reason he wanted to, de- I'm quite sure, because he wanted one to deck him. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and and you know what? Now, if he walked into a bar in Dubai, and, and I would sit and have a very civil conversation with mm. him, and I'd even buy him a pint. You, most of all of that sh- rubbish, and I said another word. Um, 
was was stage management and he loved being man we're gonna change the name on your ground pantomime villain mm. when yeah. actually you know what a lot of it was quite clever and stage managed and shrewd um and and, and this is what it's been all along and i think this is what we've got to remember in the the dance that is now happening in, within our club and there is mm. a very interesting tango happening now um twixt owner and owner who is being a very unwilling participant, but yet is also a very difficult seller, and a manager who sees the massive potential that could be unleashed in it, and 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 here here we are. This is where we are at. Um, I'm quite quite convincedly. You're absolutely right again, mate. You, you talk a lot of sense um, as ever. Uh, that Rafa is, and his project is all about getting that potential unleashed. And he sees the monster that's hiding beneath the bloody. He wouldn't be here. He wouldn't be here if he didn't. Absolutely. I think the 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 issue is always. I think it's obviously because a lot of the people, like I think Steve Rave said earlier about the the people that were you know kind of fighting each other, they're all now singing from the same hymn sheet. So when it comes to the, 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 I always think about well, what if, and I think when I heard obviously. You hear various things that uh, Rafa was very close, and I and I think in interviews he has intimated that he obviously realised the potential, but he also knows that as a professional that he's he's working with, he's not working with somebody who is similar to him. Andrew, I if, think he's I think he, I think he's um, I think he's actually heavily invested in these group of footballers, and yeah. I think that currently. Uh, not just a group of footballers, the fan base, the area. I think he's become that. I think he's become very close to it. Now I think he has. I think he is. I think he's got a very good working relationship with this group of footballers. I think what he's going to try and showcase this season is he's going to showcase that he hasn't had much money, but he can make a damn good team out of something where people, you know, for example, last season everyone said that we, we were a Premier League team in the Championship. We've got we've been promoted this season. And everyone says we're a Championship team in the Premier League. Well, obviously, the, the, the twist of words, but I think Rafa Benitez is heavily invested in this group of footballers, not just the, yeah. the group of footballers. Like I said, I think he's taken, I think he's been taken away by the fan base, much like Liverpool. Um, and, I, and I do think, I, a bit different to Kevin Keegan, when Kevin Keegan decided to walk away from Mike Ashley, mm. I don't think Kevin Keegan necessarily had that kind of relationship with that group of footballers, although I think he was doing a good thing at the time. I think he's... All, all the tr- all the turmoil and trauma of last season. How many games were played together? It's clear that he's got a very, 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 very good r- working relationship with this squad of footballers, mm. and I don't think he'll walk away from them. I really don't. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope he bloody does. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. Actually, so we're going to get American take now um, from uh, Dallas, Texas. Our regular call from last year, Chris Parry, uh, who's going to give us all his thoughts on Mike Ashley and Newcastle United because he was able to watch it. For live and exclusive in the US. Good evening, Chris. How are you? Good evening, guys. How are you guys doing? Not too How bad. Not too bad. So, so tell me. Obviously, we're very agitated after a, a weekend of fun and frolics on Tyneside. Uh, tell me what, what's been your reaction. I don't. I, I'm not sure if you saw the Mike Ashley thing. I'm not sure, but um, what was your take on the game itself? If you didn't see the Mike Ashley interview. No, it's funny. Uh, I was actually getting off of a cruise. I was watching it on my cell phone while I was waiting in the passport line, and I had to turn the sound off. 
uh, you know, because passports, you know, they they see a cell phone on, they're not happy. So here I'm sneaking and I'm watching it. And of course, the first I watched, I was able to watch the first half. And even though Newcastle didn't exactly control things, they had a chance with Gale. You know, he missed that volleyed opportunity, and they were defending resolutely against a really good Tottenham team. And as soon as Shelby did what he did, I was like, you have got to be kidding me! I almost screamed in the middle of the passport line, you know, in, in the cruise terminal, and my my wife turns around and looks at me and he's like, be quiet, you know, saying so anyway. So, I mean, I, I was already distraught. And, of course, from that point on, it was basically just about damage control. And then they gave up two goals. When you're going, Tottenham's one of the best teams in the Premiership. They were the highest scoring team in the Premiership last year. We all think, and I think we all agree, that Harry Kane should have been sent off. I mean, he oh, should have been sent off. There's no doubt about it. If he's anybody but Harry Kane, he's sent off. That Never is a scissor tackle that severely injured a player. He should be gone. End of story. You know, I mean, it's uh, and then of course the the penalty that was a very very I thought questionable offsides call. They could have given a penalty to, to Newcastle in the first half. Yeah. So, but those types of things go against you when you're the new team coming up. Mm-hmm. Now to talk about Ashley, I have been able to to see some of the Chronicle uh, stories and kind of read you know kind of what he said. I do like the fact that the owner's coming out and talking. My God, he's like a chatterbox all of a sudden. We haven't heard from him in 10 years, and now he's giving interviews left and right, uh, you know, talking about how he can't compete with Man City and blah, 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 which I, I understand nobody can compete with Man City. Nobody can put what, – wouldn't Man City spend like $200 million on their mm-hmm. on their fullbacks? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, nobody – either unless they get a hold of this, guys, I think the English Premier League's in trouble because, my gosh – the money that's being spent is just going to be complete is going to completely dwarf you know some of these other clubs and they're really not going to be able to compete but that said he hasn't even spent the money that he said he was going to spend mm-hmm. you know at, at the end of the summer when he said that, that he was going to open up you know whatever Newcastle made and blah and all that they were going to be able to bring in players and I mean how many times has Rafa Benitez had his look like he had a guy he really wanted and and it didn't happen is this guy from Stoke is he is he signed sealed and delivered I just looks now saw this on Twitter yeah it looks that way oh. is he he's good he's having a I, mean, I don't he's really know a much I don't know he's having a medical the day so it looks it looks that way five million is he, bargain. Is he is he uh, is he a pretty good player? I mean, I don't really know much. I mean, he doesn't start for Stoke, so that makes me wonder what's going he scored, on. He scored four goals in preseason. Um, I, I've, what I think probably what Lee probably saw as well, and, and Neil that that um, the Stoke fans are very upset about the fact yeah, that he's going. Yeah, that's always a good thing. Yeah, not me a good sign. Yeah, the, the good the good thing. What did you think of? Obviously, when you saw Shelby, the incident with Shelby and. I'm surprised you weren't thrown off the cruise ship the way the way things security are now. But um, when it comes to when you saw Marino come on, that young lad, it was interesting what uh, Rafa said, uh, Chris. Then I go to Neil and uh, Lee. But it was interesting. He says he's got to decide what position he wants to play. It's up to him to decide. Now, when Rafa speaks like that, you know. He knows he's got a potential superstar who, for some whatever reason, at uh, Borussia uh, Dortmund, I believe he was, wasn't he? So it's that to me, I watched him, and the guy looks class. Oh, he's and class. How about that? How about that pass in the mm-hmm. in the friendly? Well, from the inside of it, from his end step, where he yeah. just put a beautiful looping ball down the line, mm-hmm. you know, to to send someone on the break. It was funny. Newcastle skies—they seemed like they had kind of the right idea. You know, 
Kane had been completely shut down, so I wasn't very impressed with defense. But at the same time, I mean, you're at home. Could you atta- could you try to attack a little bit? Yeah, I thought could we you fall try to go forward yeah. a little bit? I mean, I know you don't want to get beat, but unless you're trying to win every single game, you're zero, you're one zero, and then trying to nick a point, you know, nick a goal here and there, I can understand that on the road. But at home, that to me, I don't know. To me, I I, I just didn't like the fact that they were so defensive. Um, I thought that Newcastle, you know, I, I thought Benitez's mastery was totally taken away out of his hands yeah, because yeah. of injuries. He likes to use his mastery. He likes to look at things at halftime and make make substitutions and affect the game. And he could not affect the game at all. And of course, once Shelby got the red card, it, it, it was over. It didn't matter what he could possibly do. Yeah, I was. I was actually. I was surprised he didn't start Murphy. Um, obviously, he's he's he seems to be doing well. He's played. He's scored, he scored a couple of goals. Uh, what, what did you think? Obviously, he, he could be some. Uh, he's been likened to Deli Ali in respects, um, Neil. Um, so, but that's the trouble, isn't it? When a player lets a team down, you, it doesn't matter what you do. You can't. You can't affect the game. But I did think Newcastle has. Chris said, uh, definitely, um, we, we were far too defensive. It's okay staying in the game, but I think um, before that, Tottenham weren't even getting going, Neil. No, well, no. Even the Tottenham manager said um, that before half-time, we didn't give them any space and we stifled them. Uh, yeah. We looked comfortable. We, oh, we looked reasonably comfortable. Was was Elliot making last gap saves or, yeah. you know, palm and yeah. fingertip over the bar here and there? It wasn't really. You know, it wasn't... It was... Uh, it, I think it was frustrating to see we're not attack as much, but I think we're, we're going to have to find... I think we're going to see a lot more of that this season. It's about, yeah, that's about, what worries about me. Yeah. digging the points out. Mm. Um, and I think we need to think about how we're playing when Gale's up front on his own because mm. somebody, the build of Jocelyn, would have preferred the, some of the balls that were being played from Elliot forward. I think that was something that, I, for me, was noticeable yesterday. I wasn't overly enamoured with Elliot's distribution, and normally I am. Or maybe mm. I'm being too critical. What do you think, Lee? Uh, you were obviously there. Uh, you know, uh, were you surprised at how defensive we were? See, I, 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 said, yeah, I, think, I think the Premier League's been split into two leagues now. And um, I think when you see the likes of your Tottenham's, your Man United's, your Chelsea's, Man City's, your Liverpool's, come to St James's Park. I think that's how we will set up Andrew. And I thought, personally, this is my opinion, I thought we were bringing them on to us. We were dealing with things very easily. And I think the longer the game went on, if we got to 70 minutes, I think it would have come to, I think the game would have become more open because they would have become more desperate. Because they would have mm. wanted to win yesterday. Mm. I actually think... And, and, and I think this is how we will set up a lot of way from home. I have no problem with it. At the end of the day, we need to stay in games. We have been, and certainly in the Premier League, we've watched us get absolutely humped by some absolutely horrendous football teams. We've been getting beat five, six, and sevens, fours, threes, and all that. And we need to stay in football matches and give ourselves, ourselves the best platform of trying to stay in the game and maybe get some points. I think, yes, when we play against the, 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 the how, how can I put it, the, so, the so-called lesser teams, 
in the Premier League, you'll see possibly a different approach. But when you play the likes of the Tottenham's, the Arsenal's, the Man United's, you will see us set up. We will, look to, we will be tight. We will be compact. I think what he's trying to do is add a little bit of pace in certain areas mm. for when we get possession of the football, that we can get the ball forward quite quickly, which we did at times. I thought Astu was excellent yesterday. But of course, mm. in the 47th minute, when John Joe Shelby does that absolutely ridiculous thing, the game plans out the window. It was dead. Finished. Mm. It was over. It was going to take something special to win that football match. Or you can get a punt. The problem now, Chris, no, we, is that when you look uh, at when, Chris, when you look at when you look at um, the fact that Newcastle have got look 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 like they're going to get Josselu, you still need a proven striker, and obviously we're being linked with Perez, we're being linked with Jack Wiltshire, but you know this is the problem, isn't it? We, we, if you're going to buy Premiership players, Newcastle's wages. If this is allegedly, I'm hearing this anyway. The problem is, it seems to be the the wages. You you can imagine that you know it's going to be a problem getting players, even though it's going to be insane the next couple of weeks with with players coming in. But you know, I actually thought at the start of the season Newcastle needed eight players. What do you think, Chris? Well, I mean, Ashley's interesting. It seems to me like three or four years ago. He was trying to get proven players in by giving huge contracts and big wages. And that's kind of come back and bit him in the ass now because he, he, he has, I mean, I know, I'm not sure, I, I think I talked to you about this on Twitter. You and I tweeted back and forth yeah. one day. I know in the NBA, they just cut their losses. They'll just <laughs> release the player and, you know, put, keep it on the books. Yeah. You know, the, and, and you know, in professional basketball, uh, and that's it. Now, in the NFL and professional football, you only have to pay the guaranteed salaries up front, mm-hmm. so you don't have any of that money left over for the actual contract. You can just cut them whenever you want to. But guys, uh, talking about the match itself, I was—I I don't really know. I couldn't say how much I know about Lejeune because yeah. I didn't get a chance to see him very much. But the one thing that you have got to see and just admire about Tottenham and the Man U's now is their two central defenders on those teams are so good with the football. They are so calm. So when a, when, a, when a forward runs at them to try to pressure them, it's like it's nothing. They just go around them or they'll pass around them, whereas we freak out and kick the ball right back mm. to the other team every single yeah, time. True. You know, yeah. And that's how they were able to send... Uh, Sissoko, which drove us all crazy that he was doing that. You know, they were able to send Sissoko down one wing, and a kid, I guess it's is either cousin or the brother of the, of the guy that just went to Chelsea, and he has the same name, you know, Kyle Walker or something oh, or other, yeah, whatever yeah, the guy's yeah. name was. Yeah. I mean, that's how they were able to send those guys and just put Newcastle under constant pressure because they knew that they had the two guys in the, in the, mid, in the central defense who could play the ball, and God has Newcastle needed a, Demba, a Dembele for as long as I can remember. They've needed a Dembele. They need someone who can just – that's who they thought Teote was going to be, rest in peace. You know, that he was going to be, he was going to be that kind of player. And I, I really think that if they had that, I think everything else would kind of take care of itself. Now your wing players get forward. Now your forwards start playing better. But you know as well as I do that our, our defenders, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe they get up to the northeast and they lose their, they lose their ability to dribble. I don't understand what's going on. Actually, they, I thought... They don't seem to have good control. You know, one thing I, I, I noticed straight away with Legend, Neil... Um, mm. he just looks like a player that belongs to play at Newcastle. Not many players get my attention. He wasn't on for very long, 
but he just came across he'll do exact he'll do the right thing he'll play the right, the right way as a defender should he's learned his lesson from going to man city which it didn't it didn't go it didn't go well did it and this is the problem now but because newcastle have lost we're going to need it we're going to need something and Joseph is not going to be that person but you're going to need somebody and you're going to pay the pay big money to get him and i just think the person, even though he's injury prone, that would ignite Newcastle's midfield and get everybody going would be Jack Wiltshire. We're being linked with him. He's got one year left on his deal. You can imagine he'll go somewhere local. But if you want to get somebody that could, you know, this pass, that pass around the corner and to help... That, this is the thing, isn't it? If they're going to go... Because they're going to have to go with Marino. If you have Jack Wiltshire with them, you have, you're going to lose a bit of... Um, midfield uh, when it comes to like a destroyer so that's the problem isn't it but but Newcastle now need to, with with being let down by one player who showed himself not to to really you know a, be a week to week player you can rely on what do you think Neil do you think is it time should Newcastle go for Wiltshire as well he's as another hor- striker of course he's a horrible little toad with glass with ankles and I want yeah, you're right. He's all, you're right. He's always I want, injured. I want neither of those at the club. Thank you. What about had, hey guys? What about Sigerson? Yeah, fifty million. Yeah. I don't care. Don't you think he'd be worth it, boys? I mean, Who? someone like Wait, uh, Neil Sigerson, guilty Sigerson. Don't you think like he'd be worth it? For the bargain, but of man, Chris, he's not going to pay fifty million for a footballer. Yeah, I wish true. he would. I wish you would. We could we could all dream. Well, the thing is, I kept on hearing rumours that they're gonna they're gonna wait to the window, uh, and they're gonna go for Das Boot, Das Boot. And I'm thinking they're gonna spend forty million on a striker who's 28, 27, 28, because they're gonna wait and wait and wait. Well, we we've seen what the transfer window does. You wait and you wait and you wait. It goes up and up and up. So it that this is why. The man who likes to say no or likes to keep, you know, purse strings firmly attached to where they are, the whole point of the transfer window was to get them in early. And he's this is why you're gonna you're gonna there's gonna be more friction because he hasn't had a holiday. You know, he has been he's he's been working non stop. The guy lives and breathes football, but even that person needs a break. And I think the back and forth with Benitez and his agent and with Newcastle United, you know, it it has caused definite ructions between the two parties. Hence the reason why they they kind of don't like each other. That's to well, me, it's a proven fact. If you guys believe, if you guys believe, though, it looks to me like they have put really decent bids in for players. But the problem is now is you're dealing with agents and they want their fees. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the south, you've got the contracts on top of it. It's not just the, it's not just the transfer fee. It's everything else that goes with it. I think they said at one point, now of course this just could be paper talk over here in the States. I'm getting, you know, I'm reading all your guys' uh, newspapers over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they think they, I think they offered 15 million for one of the guys in Spain or something like that, or maybe in Portugal. And there was Samaras, no was it? Because, yeah, I believe so. Yes, yeah, Samaras. Because they couldn't, that they couldn't, they refused to pay the agent fee and and the salaries, <laughs> which it, it all comes together. And and that's what makes the fifteen million player now cost 
thirty million, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or twenty yeah. million, and, I, and that's what's going up. That's what's getting really out of control in the Premiership. And do you guys remember? I don't know if you guys, you go, we're all the same age, and I don't know if you guys follow American football real well. I know. Uh, Lee isn't. I know, I, I know, I know these guys. There wasn't a salary cap in the NFL for a long time. It's only been like the last 15 years there was a salary cap, and they had no choice to, but to do that because mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers were buying every single player mm-hmm. that like no one else yeah. could no one else could could do it. I know how funny is it that Chelsea's complaining <laughs> that they're not spending money. Yeah, if that's not the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. They're the reason why the, the Premiership is the way it is right now because they would just go buy their whole championship every single year. Yeah, and did, yet this, now they're complaining. This is the problem you see that the, the manager got involved with, in, with WhatsApp, didn't he? <laughs> with uh, I don't know. with uh, Diego Costa, and now that after the reporter goes to um, to Brazil and finds Diego Costa, and now. They're gonna. The Chelsea are demanding he comes back and play to get in contention to play. <laughs> I say, I'd honestly, I'd honestly say screw him. But he didn't. He, didn't he like say goodbye in a text? I yeah. Mean, you're not even supposed to break up with your girlfriend in a text. That's just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean that's ridiculous. But anyway, guys, I'm enjoying it. I'm so happy to be back in the Premiership. I was so happy to watch him on TV again, even though. It all it drove us nuts because mm-hmm. they just didn't attack at all. You know, last year we used to get mad that they weren't attacking in the champion championship. So now they're not attacking in the Premiership. So hopefully they do enough to score some goals. Atsu I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. What the heck, fellas? What the heck was a Yosi Perez doing when Atsu played? Atsu played that beautiful ball in the middle of the box. That's what a striker's job is to do: is to be there to score a, a tap-in goal. I mean, he just stopped thinking that Atsu wasn't even going to make it. Mm. And then he puts he plays uh it's just things like that that seem to be holding our team back right now. Yeah, well we'll catch up we'll, we'll obviously t- talk next week with regards to Huddersfield cuz cuz that one's a big game now, isn't it? Uh with the fact that yeah, we both they, came they, up they, the same yeah, d- division. Yeah, they pummeled who they played this past week. Yeah, Crystal they, Palace, they, yeah. I'm going. So, oh, by the way, Crystal Palace speaking of, is there any chance for the, you know, for the winner from Crystal Palace is he is he ever going to come to Newcastle? Is that uh, I, I believe is he is available. I've been told he is available okay. and he would come. Townsend. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like I'd like Townsend to come back. I thought he was a head. I would player. love to have Townsend back. Yeah, but the best way of looking at it, it would even prove your score. The simple answer is yes. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, is he no? Yeah, is he is he available? Is he available as a lone player? Because <laughs> we don't buy players <laughs> anymore. Oh, you would have to. I don't know what what was his word. You would have to cash some of his Sports Direct shares in. Yeah, I can't wait for Steve Hayes to come on. He's going to be, he's going to be full, he's going to be full of the joys of spring after seeing that interview yesterday. But thanks for coming on, Chris. We'll catch you next week at the Huddersfield game. Okay, thanks very much. Always a pleasure, guys. Take hopefully care. We're talking about a victory Bye. next week. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks so I'm much. going. I'm going. I'm going on Sunday. Are you going to go, are you? Going to the Huddersfield? I'm going, I've got, I'm, I'm taking groceries for a several weeks, and I'm just driving down. Oh, wow. That'll be an interesting experience for you. Well, we're going to, um, obviously, thanks for coming on um, again, as ever, Lee. We're going to no cut it short now. We've got the next caller. I think it's going to be Steve Hasty. So, thanks for coming on. It's been yeah, a pleasure. Steve, pleasure. Steve, Hopefully. Steve raises, Steve raises hell about my last call. I'll just keep listening. <laughs> I, just, I just like hear people just 
griefing him, really. Uh, <laughs> I know, it was very compassioned uh, talk by by Steve Ritz. Right? It, it, that's the thing, is it, it encapsulates everything that with, to, with Newcastle. Reality, but Andrew, in reality, we actually don't want to talk about him. It was classic yeah. last season, up until January, when we actually yeah. mentioned his name bloody once, and then the transfer window hit, and guess what? It was, it was up these old tricks again. Exactly, exactly. Well, thanks for coming on, Lee. We'll catch you next week, mate. Thanks for your chat. Been very interesting as usual. Cheers, mate. Take care. Bye. Well, bring to the show uh, the regular caller in Steve Hasty. I'm sure, Steve, that uh, everything that happens with Newcastle United always gets uh, further amped up by our our owner. Uh, What what was your... Obviously, I can start from a lot of things, but a lot of things are like Ashley, but you and Neil know more than me, but... What did you think um, of? It's okay, I think I've got. You. What did you What did you think of um, what happened with uh, Mike Ashley and obviously Newcastle's performance? And you know, there's so many things to go through, but it always seems to get put in a bit different perspective when Mike Ashley talks. It does, doesn't it? Good evening, guys. Good evening. Uh, typical Mike Ashley comes out, makes statements, big smile on his face. It's never his fault. He makes he makes ridiculous. Uh, what do we call them? Uh, statements, I suppose, about and um, apologies about the way he treated Alan Shearer, the way that he treated Keegan. I mean, what, what's all that about? We're going back years here. Yeah, that was 2008 and 2010, and we've moved on from then, mate. You know, we want to talk about what's happening now. We want to talk about your, your idiotic decision to throw basically Rafa Benitez under the bus in terms of what you're going to try and provide him with for cash. You know, you've, you've made him a promise that you have everything that he, he can generate. You know, maybe his yeah. and his team were a little bit naive and not understanding that, uh, you know, Rafa's expecting 30 million from Sissoko, only to find out we sold Sissoko on the never-never, as we did with Wijnaldum as well, you know. So the way, that the, club, the way that the club run their finances is that they lash out money on players for cash, We've known this for years now, but when it comes to selling players, we'll give them away on the never-never because the way they look at it is, this is this is off the balance sheet, and it's, it's they now they now look at it as you know what we've got uh, we've got twelve million pound that we wouldn't have had coming in. If they failed, I think they would have actually had fifty million pound sitting there, but it's a good way of them ex- excusing the fact that they're not going to spend money, you know, because they, they say they haven't got it. But we'll have it next year. We'll have a little bit more and have a little more. And it's, it's, it's just a ridiculous way of going about it. It's some, I've never been able to get my head around the way that the, the run the maths had. <laughs> maybe it's because I've got a grade 2 CSE. Maybe, maybe I should have done a little bit better. Maybe I should have done accountancy. I don't know. But, you know, it's, it's ridiculous things like that. And it, 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 I think sold off for a pub, personally, uh, when it's come to uh, what was available in the transfer window. Um, we're now going out. We're picking up players for five million pound. I'm delighted we're picking up players for five million pound. If they're five million pound players, that you know, a couple of months ago would have been a five million pound player, and he still is. Mm-hmm. But the way that yeah. the market's gone, all of a sudden we've ended up with eight million pound players have become eighteen million pound players. Ten million pound players have become thirty million pound players. <laughs> maybe we have to take a bit of responsibility because we managed to sell a three million pound player for thirty in Sissoko just just over a year ago. So maybe 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 we've got a little bit of guilt hanging over as well, you know. But uh, I mean, going back to the game, I mean, I thought we, I thought we lined up really well. I was impressed. Um, I thought the Manquillo at the back. I thought he had a good game. Lejeune. I thought 
Lejeune looked like the two Tottenham He looked defenders, good, didn't he? You know? yeah. yeah, he looked like, he looked like yeah. the two that Tottenham have got there lined up. He mm-hmm. looked like he knew his job. Vertonghen knows his job. Uh, uh knows his job. That they're, they're confident. And they're, they're, you know, they don't they don't push themselves to know where they've got to be. You don't see them doing a Philip Albert and suddenly ending up on the back post, you know, and stuff like this. You know, they're, they're well marshaled, well drilled, sensible. You know, obviously intelligent footballers. And I thought he looked like that. Yeah, I was I was really impressed. The injuries, mind you know, that that really stifled the game, didn't it? You know, mm. it, it knocked us off our shade a little bit, but it really it really turned a dog mess when Shelby decided to do his little trick and stand on somebody's ankle in front of the referee, as you have debated already for the last two hours. Mm. And I think we're all in agreement that yeah, you know, it cost us at least a point. I think mm. we were holding our own. So. Mm. Don't happen there. Oh, <laughs> I was on Twitter and something came on. I don't know what happened. Round of applause. <laughs> but the thing is, is, is the thing that interests me about the players that um, Rafa's bringing in. He's bringing in the players that we saw that came on. Their quality, aren't they, Steve? Quality. And I mean. Absolutely. Marino came on. He did more in 15 minutes than Shelby did in, in the 49 he was on the pitch. Mm. Uh, he, he made more forward passes. He was organising. He was telling people where to go. Shelby wasn't like that. Shelby will hit a ball and then he'll go, why weren't you on the end of it? Mm. Uh, Shelby, Shelby was having a poor game, to be perfectly honest. Uh, he looked out of his depth. He looked mm. as though he, uh, he, he hadn't a clue where he was. He shouldn't be at Newcastle, should he? He shouldn't be well, at Newcastle. I, I don't know whether it's a case of shouldn't be at Newcastle, but there was something not right from, from yeah. kickoff. I mean, he, mm. I remember the, within the first 20 seconds, he got the ball and he, he locked this, like, you know, typical sort of Hollywood pass. Mm. He must have gone 70, 75 yards. He went out to play. <laughs> and that, and that seemed to set the tone for what he was doing. The, the, the few times that he touched the ball, you know, and, he, and he, he, he wasn't in the game in the, in the way that Atsu was in the game, for example, you know. Um, and I thought, I thought that, you know, you could, see, you could see Rafa on the touchline wondering what the hell is going on here with him, you know. Mm. But you, you just don't do what he did. You just don't do that. You're not going to get away with it. Um, and... I think if a bid comes I, I, in for John Joe Shelby, you can imagine they'll sell him, won't they? I think there's no doubt about that. I got a text from someone, I'm not sure who it was, and it was about the injury. It said, it said <laughs> Dummett. Uh, I asked what, what the situation was, Dummett, and it said uh, possibly three to four weeks. What's the situation with Lejeune? We don't really know. What's the, what's the situation with Shelby? And they said terminal. <laughs> 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 uh, no and Rafa. I wouldn't be surprised if it was terminal because I think we've all said it. Uh, Lee said it earlier. Neil said it. That you know, Marino come in, and I think that lad from, could could take that role. And you know, John Joe, you've had your chance. You're going to have to fight for, fight for your place. And you're fighting from minus three games now at least. You know, because you've got a three, you've got a three match suspension. And uh, at this stage of the season. Yeah, you, know, you want to get off to a good run, uh, and you might have tried to be as fit as you wanted to be uh, during the close season, but all of a sudden you're not going to be match fit for mm. another three games. That's, mm. that's going to be hard for him, um, and, and it's whether Rafa can be bothered. You know, I just, I've never liked, I've never liked, I've never liked. I must be, I, I, I can say it now because I've just never liked his attitude. 
if every time I've seen him on the pitch, right, it's snarling, it's he just he doesn't he's not a player that plays at least with Ali, he's an absolute bugger, that lad. He's an, uh, he's he's nasty, but you know what? He he understands he makes mistakes clearly like last season, whatever, but he's a nasty great player. That's what you want. We've got it with John Joe Shelby, he's nasty and it looks like it's encapsulating his life because he, he's been a failure at most clubs. He's been lucky that the clubs he's gone to, apart from Swansea, have been big clubs. But I, I would like to see uh, Rafa, if he can, if he can bring somebody else in, because I never thought um, that Shelby, especially with the start of the season, that he should have somebody there that's ready to just take over his role and make him what he is. He's always going to be a squad player. He'll... I think I think Rafa is very loyal to his players, but he also knows, well, there's a reason why he hasn't played um, Mitrovic mainly, because he doesn't think he's up to snuff, and he wants to bring in forward players to replace him, probably thinking that he's going to get rid of, that Mitrovic will go somewhere else. What do you think, Neil? Well, oh, there's a thing. Um, it's, it, who knows what's going to happen there it, it, it really at the end of the day we, we've got um, we, we just have this, have this window to see through and it, it, like, like I said earlier on it's just all kind of gone mental at the end of it that's what I think. <laughs> yeah Steve it, it, the thing is that obviously the next big game is Huddersfield next week um, you've got to hope that we get a couple of players. Well, we'll probably look to get Jocelyn away, who will probably be on the bench anyway once he signs. But uh, who would you like to... Obviously, we'll be linked with Perez, uh, Steve, and um, I keep on hearing that he'd prefer to go to Deportivo because he's, yeah. you know, he's been given a... But they, again, that, it's down to the money. That looks like that's happening to me. I think, oh, it, I is, think it? it is. Yeah. I think it is, yeah. I, I, you know who I would have... I mean, the, the one player that I, I can't believe is still where he is and after the way that he, he was treated last season is Giroud. And if I had have been mm. Rafa Benitez, I would have gone out yeah. and that. But he didn't have the 20 million. He did not have the 20 million that it would have cost. And you know what? I think Giroud would have been a snip at 20 million yeah, the, way agree, that, yeah. the, the way that the price, mm. the market's been. Um, you know, when I see the likes of Andre Gray going by 18 and a half mm. million, you know... Um, only only one season in the Premiership or half a season in the Premiership, uh, you know. Um, rest of the time in, in that league. You know what? We're playing we're playing Huddersfield on on Sunday. We, yeah. This this is a Championship game again, you know. And that's, what what Rafa's got to do is he's got he's got to go out. He's got his players tuned in to playing in the Premier League, and all of a sudden mm. we're playing a Championship game. We're playing a team that had a fantastic win on Saturday. You know, I think even. The most die-hard of Huddersfield fans, <laughs> even Patrick Stewart from bloody, you know, <laughs> the other end of the galaxy did not see that one coming. No. And, and and you know, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Uh, I just wish I was able to get a ticket. Unfortunately, don't have enough points on that ticket, Neil, for to get tickets away games yet. <laughs> yeah. but I, I think we'll be all right if we want to go down to Brighton when the when the numbers come down to zero. I want to go to Swansea, but I think at the minute, 35, 40 points isn't getting anywhere, unfortunately. But uh, we'll keep working on it. Um, going back to going back to the situation with with the sale of the club and and the, the interview. Mm. I haven't mentioned much about mm. about. I think that's. 
that's going to grow. That's going to grow and grow. There's, there's a club being taken off the market in terms of one of the clubs that people are saying people would rather buy. I don't know whether you've seen the news tonight, but uh, it's been agreed this 80% buyout of uh, Southampton by the Chinese has happened uh, oh, in the last happened, couple of hours. I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, and it's, a, it's a private deal. It's not the company. Uh, it's, the, it's the Chinese gentleman himself. So uh, that's, that's interesting. There's no figures being bandied around, but everybody was saying that, you know, if there's, if there's Saudi money or if there's, there's Arab money around, Southampton are, are there to be bought up. Uh, and then this Chinese deal's been hanging around for since about January, February, I believe. Mm, yeah. uh, but all of a sudden it's happened. So there's one off the list in terms of competition uh, for, 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 the, for, the, for us in terms of who, who, who their potential suitors could be looking for. I think if you, if you look on the Farms United website, there's two articles up there at the moment. Uh, one that went up on Friday after... Uh, we uh, we knew that Ashley was talking um, about selling mm. the Cash United, and then there's another one up that went up today about the sort of company that could go out and uh, maybe uh, do the work for Ashley and 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 pimp Newcastle United around the Far East, uh, or more importantly around the Middle East. Um, it's a company called PCP. They've got 28 billion pounds uh, trust fund or whatever you want to call it fund. Uh, to, to go out and spend yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they're supposed to be they're supposed to be looking on the on the books uh, on behalf of, of this uh, sovereign wealth fund. Um, they've been told find us a Premier League club. Now it's up to Newcastle fans, I think, to to rally behind the club, to rally behind each other, and to rally behind the fact that there could be potential buyers out there, and we need to make sure that they understand that Newcastle United it, it yeah, could be a bargain. Yeah. Let's exactly. It, I mean, the you time know, is to strike. Is to strike now. Million. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and whether people are saying Newcastle are not worth four hundred million, you know, Newcastle are, Newcastle are worth what somebody's willing to pay. Mm. Just like mm. a footballer might not be worth thirty million pound, or a footballer might not be worth one hundred and ninety-eight million pound. Are Newcastle worth two two Neymars? <laughs> you know, that's what. That's the, that's the Good point again. Yeah. The you know, all we were two, two, two Neymars. That's, that's, I think, you know, that's all I've got to say. I'll, I'll do me, the Hollywood ending that goes, you know, so that's all I've got to say about that, you know. <laughs> There's me Forrest Gump. <laughs> but it's true, it's true. That's, that's the way, that's the crazy way that this football world has suddenly mm. gone. It's, I've never known anything like it. Um, yep. In the in the fans United order, you'll see there. We talk about Ashley saying that he, you know, he hasn't got the money. You know, twenty years ago, Gordon McKeague said he couldn't compete against millionaires. Ten years ago, John Hall said he couldn't compete against billionaires. Now we've got a billionaire who can't compete against the multi-billionaires. <laughs> yeah. Within twenty yeah. years, we've gone yeah. from not being able to compete with a millionaire to not being able to compete with the sovereign wealth fund, and people backing out and backing out. Football changes, you know. Market happy, changes, yeah. but there's always somebody rich enough to come in and, t- and take it off your hands if you're, mm. if you're willing to sell. I think the one thing I'll say, Steve, is that, yes, he wants, he wants the two Neymars, but now I don't think it'll take that much. It won't take four and a million to sell it. He wants out, and he wants out now. He will. I'm, obviously, we don't know how much it'll take, but it'll take, I think it'll be less than the four and a million to get out. But at least, at least, 
we've got a ink. Well, it's always been up for sale. You can't it's always been up for sale. It it wouldn't take. I don't think it would take much of a nudge to get this club sold with fan involvement because if we get behind somebody, we know we can. You know, mm. we've got the perfect structure. We've got the perfect man in charge. Newcastle United. It's it's just the, the last bit because they've got to think. If if I've got to move that club and I want to get a bigger revenue from the club, and you have to, you you need somebody who has got the vision to say, yeah, I'll buy it, but I'll move us to here. Uh, the fans, if involved, will 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 definitely come behind somebody that's got the best, the best, you know, in his heart or uh, business sense to think, well, okay, let's feed the beast. The beast is us. Absolutely. Just believe in this. That's that's what I think it's always been about, really. Absolutely. Neil, Neil summed up uh, nicely, nicely there when he talked about the moving the club, moving the club mm-hmm. on, but actually physically moving the club as well. Yeah. Let, maybe maybe we could have a solvent wealth fund that would be willing to uh, yeah. take take uh, Lisa's Terrace down bit by bit and move it to Beamish or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it'd still be there. You know, we'd still look at it. You know, we still still have our photographs. Um, <laughs> We've got a we've got a beautiful listed <laughs> building behind the ground, and we use it for our student accommodation. My God, we've got, yeah. we've, and what's happened? The, the possibility of moving the moving the ground forward and building on the on the Gallagher end because we've got student accommodation. When the student accommodation bubble bursts, you know, yeah, yeah, like the football mm. bubble. I wonder which one will go first. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, true. Because you can't build, you can't keep on building. <laughs> you know, there's only so much money that can go around because. There's not the students are gonna <laughs> the prices are gonna go up and up. That's what's gonna happen. It's like they, can they keep on going to China and getting these kids to come over to spend this this amount of money to do it? It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens next week, Steve. Thanks for coming on. I've got to Cheers, bring on my last caller, yeah, and we'll talk more next week. Thanks, Steve. No Appreciate well, it, man. Take care, care now. Bye bye. Cheers. Man. Till next week. Well, we'll bring our final caller of this evening, and that's John. Good evening, John. How are you? <laughs> Hi, yeah, I'm back. Uh, he's back. He's back with a bang. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> so give me, give me your. Obviously, we, we can't stay on too long. So tell me, you've got five minutes. Tell me what's your all your thoughts on Mike Ashley and Newcastle United. Go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? I saw, I saw clips of it like Mike Ashley on there, like Mike Ashley on Sky sort of thing on there, my iPad. But um, um, I think it, I'm glad it's come out and actually spoke, right? But um, for him to come out and say that he invested someone like 250 million into the club, it's going to be no more money to the club. I wonder how Rafa's going to feel about that because um, he needs backing. He really does need backing. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's not just um, I don't think Rafa's going to walk away from it, right? He's not leaving Newcastle. But if he does and other managers get. Um, going to come in for them they're going to be thinking hang on a minute if he's not going to invest in the club then why should I come to Newcastle and work for him because I'm going to need money to um, buy the players but it is getting ridiculous I mean he's got to go he's got to put the club up for sale do you know what I mean he has to mm-hmm. because it's just always going to be there for years and years and years he's going to go, going to go nowhere under this man nowhere what do you think obviously the the, the we we haven't got many had many players in, but you must have been quite impressed with uh, the ones that he has bringing brought in. Obviously, we've got another one through the door quite soon. But um, 
I think when you the thing is he's obviously because he's such a perfectionist he's always going to bring in quality but I think for the first time as a Newcastle fan we because we we know what he wants and what what he's done in the past he's, he's proven mentality is that we are going to get he wants to bring in better players to solidify the team and then push and push and push now this is why it's strange that you've got an owner that's basically cock blocking him like I said earlier well I mean you know uh, Rafa you know Rafa's a world class manager whoever brings us in he'll work with them and he'll bring the best out of them but the players is brought in like Lujan to be fair I think he's been, he's been fantastic yesterday I thought he had a good game I thought absolutely no way it's all about um, Manquillo I like him I think he had a good game yesterday and um it, it will get more players in, I'm sure. And um, whoever he brings in will have a point to prove and um, we'll do well in the rough fast sort of thing, yeah. And um, I just... Um, it's just a shame he hasn't got the players that go like um, Tammy Abraham, really... Mm. really uh, Cabello, whatever his name is, from Manti, and um, the other players that you wanted to bring in. But at this moment in time, whoever he does bring in, I think they do okay. I think the one person, the one goalkeeper, I wasn't sure about actually. I think Neil might. Uh, I'm not sure what Neil thinks about this. We'll get to you in a minute, John. But what it, the Willie Calabero? Uh. <laughs> when you when you watch him play at Man City, he's like a walking advert for like. <laughs> and when I heard Newcastle link with him, I thought, well, I didn't understand that one bit. What did you think about that particular rumor, uh, Neil? Look, I suspect, and um, I suspect Rafa's gone for players he has a, a, a work and knowledge of. Mm. Even this, this Jocelyn, we had him at Real Madrid briefly, and mm. so he's he's going for players he knows. Yeah. He's going for he's he's going he's he's getting in players that he knows how to work and mm. or has a network who can tell them how to work and that fit his plan and his style. That's what that's all about. There's nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I think with the players coming in, John, it's, um, it's. I think because maybe Rafa knows that the the money's not there. He is looking to bring in players that he knows, but obviously uh, for prices that that he knows the, the the club can handle. John. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. It's just um, it's just so unfortunate um, that um, rapper in the like have any more money in the club's not and the money's not there. It is so frustrating because he wants to bring in the best players that he knows and um, it's going to improve our club. But you, you look at it, right? I mean, the players have got like like Riviere, Savir, Cruel, Callback, and um, Heydara. Those players are not in the plans. It's costing the club around three hundred thousand pounds a week, mm. and we can't even shift them out of the club. We just can't. And and Rafa's very very frustrated at that because um, he's trying his best to get them out of the club, and they're just quite happy just staying at the club and just earn their weekly wages because they know they're not going to get that sort of wages away and of a club. Mm. And it's so frustrating. Yeah, I was going to say because uh, Neil, when it comes to Riviere, it was more or less past the post. He was going to Marseille. And then all of a sudden, he decides to stay, and I was, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that one, especially when you know you're going to be playing. I think it was Mets. He was supposed to be going Mets, to either, yeah. either way. Mets, yeah. He, 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 it was all about 
uh, Muni. I mean, I laugh at the, the, the images of him and Savia going ten pin bowling. <laughs> yeah. I did wonder how. I, I, I did did wonder how how much how long it took to repair the roof, and and and, and did he get a strike by firing it down the like, bloody aisle off his bloody ankle? I mean, really, just unbelievable. But th- this is this is the problem now, and I don't think we're the only club with this problem, where you've got players sat on sitting on big wages, just saying, "Right, I'm going nowhere." Yeah. Forty-five thousand. Nowhere. Sitting he pays off. Pay part my wages and I'll go. Whatever it's going to cost me money one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And and again, this 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 brinksmanship, this this game, goes on right to the last day of the transfer mm-hmm. window. And when does the China one close? Because that one's normally around the same time, isn't it? Like it goes on. Does it depends? The, the the Asian ones are all different. I know it's later here in the UAE, mm-hmm. and then there's actually two windows here in the UAE. Mm. One for domestic oh. clubs and one for the Asian Champions League, oh. and so the, 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 there's different times when they can sign and when they can't, um, and that's a bit of a thing to keep up with too. Like mm. Russia carries a different window, China carries a slightly different window. In fact, I suspect China's window is probably similar to the one here in the UAE, where there's one for domestic and one mm. for the, 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 the Asian competitions. You know, I was going to say, like John, I'll ask Neil in a second, but you know, the the one thing. That um, that tackle that uh, Shelby's done because Rafa has been playing De Jong. Um, I said I would think now that uh, Marino's in there, he might try and as well as bring in uh, De Jong in some capacity. And I would think De Jong De Jong still being part of the play. I don't think he's been told he can go yet. But if De Jong is, go. yeah, I think De Jong. I just think De Jong could be an interesting player because he'll not play Shelby. Uh, I'll be surprised he plays him. Well, he's out for the next three games anyway. But I'll be surprised if he plays him going forward. And I think that decision that Shelby did, he's opened the door for De Jong because, you know, with De Jong, he's experienced. He's got a bit more head in him, of course. He's got the he's got the captain, you know, mentality. Um, I think uh, he's self he's self destructed, but I would like to see in some capacity De Jong giving a go. I think with Marino in there could be an interesting partnership. But obviously we've got he wants to have pace in there, but I I think with De Jong, I I think it it it's def, it could open it up. But what do you think, John? I was just going to come on about Shelby. I'll come to him in a second. But I'd love to see Marino play in the central midfield, take Shelby's place. Because when he came on, I mean, he keeps it simple. He keeps mm-hmm. things going. He's technically brilliant, this lad. He's only a young lad. And he's just going to get better and better and better. I'd give the lad a run of games, wherever it may be. So that means Shelby's got to fight for his players. Or because I wouldn't play him again. But as for De Jong, I mean, I'll play him as well. I mean, I'll play him as a number 10. Because um, if he steers much fit for the whole season, it's going to be very mm-hmm. difficult. If he does that, I think De Jong could prove Every single fan's wrong that he is a player. He's a fantastic he's a player when he's fit. Right, but mm. he deserves a chance. He needs to come in, right, he's come out from PSV, right, play some games. If he can just transform transform his form into us, I think we got a player and a half in. And mm. um he needs to keep games and he needs games at Newcastle. He's got a lot to prove and 
if he does that, like he said, it's going to be a good player. But on mm-hmm. Shelby, I mean, I saw that first time yesterday, what he did yesterday, and I watched it, and it was just absolutely awful. I mean, you just don't do that. We know Shelby has got a streak in him, right? He's a good player, but whether he's got frustrated yesterday, I don't know. But you just don't do that. We cannot afford. Can't afford it. Not, not this, yeah. Look, we can't afford carry-ass this season, Andrew. We cannot. Because no. what Shelby did yesterday, to me, I'm just embarrassed to be a Newcastle mm. fan for what he did. And he deserves to be banned. In fact, I would never, I would never play him again. I mean, no, I'll be happy. I'll be, I'll be quite happy selling him to another yeah. club whoever wants to come from because he's a good player. But Marino will, will just do a brilliant job. What Shelby does, but the difference is, he really haven't got a ruthless through. Don't know him yet, but he's not get sent off. There's no way. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens next. Thanks for coming on, John. Obviously, I've got to end the show. We've gone, we've gone over like we normally do. Thanks for coming on, John. We'll, <laughs> we'll, let's uh, give me a scoreline for Huddersfield. What do you think is going to happen? Um, I think Huddersfield is going to surprise a lot of people this season. But I'll be happy. We can win it, but if it's a draw, then I'd say that. Good stuff. All right, we'll see what happens. Thanks for us, John. We'll catch you yes, next week. Okay. Thanks no a lot, John. Balance. Cheers. Then. Cheers. Take care yeah. now. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Um, so what do you think uh, Neil uh, obviously just me and you now before we end the show but what do you think about uh, my question on De Jong well this time for him to have a bizarre accident with the lawnmower yet that's and you guys like yeah. so, you know <laughs> drop a radio in the bath or something like that <laughs> um, there's look, a player look, in there though isn't there we have to admit there, that I think there is a player in there we've been seeing it all along mm-hmm. and even I have to say to be fair to the guy you can even laugh at his own situation. Yeah, he did. I saw that, yeah. couple on Twitter, you know, having a go, and he was having a good laugh along with it, you know. Um, I think he's obviously disappointed with how things have worked out, and he's desperate to make a statement. And, you know, there might be a stage there for him. Um, it's finding the right comb- combination. Combination. For me... He looks like a square peg in a round hole. That's the problem for me, is he's neither one thing nor another. And mm-hmm. so when he plays that number 10 role, he doesn't look like he's got quite enough pace to make a difference at the top flight. But he's not big enough to play up front on it as, a, as an out-and-out striker. And he doesn't seem to be um, robust enough to play in a more holding midfield role. It's, he's frust- he, that's, that's the thing I cannot work out for him. Because mm-hmm. when you see some of the passes he has made... Pre-season, particularly mm. playing in that number ten role, he, he, mm. he, by God, there is a player in there. Yeah, yeah right? definitely. I think. Uh, I think next. I think because of the, because of what Shelby did, said, I think he will be playing a more prominent role now. And I and I hope he's, if he's given the chance, I hope he does make the make Shelby stay on that bench for as long as possible until hopefully we sell him. But uh, it's. Well, if that's happening, it's happening on merit, and that's great. Yeah. That's win-win, isn't it, really, yeah, at the end of the true, day? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. Well, well, obviously, we'll see what happens the weekend. I'll talk to you in a second on other things, but thanks so much, everybody, for coming on the show and listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a great night to start with. We've got some great guests coming up next week. Uh, even uh, I'm going to get quite excited because it's the return of Ian Dark and uh, John Richardson, as well as Gary Foster. So there's going to be a few uh, good guests coming on quite soon. And thanks, everybody, for coming on. Obviously, my co-host is ever, uh, Neil Mitchell. Thanks so much. Good evening. And thanks for everything, folks. Good night.
Not say to you if I don't say the words that make. 